For the record and for the benefit of any future legal case, Russell Brand. <laughs> Radio X. Yes, this is it. Your life has come to this. A Russell Brand podcast. Oh, is it on this? Oh, nerdist. I don't know. You know, I love podcasts. I listen to a whole variety of them. Sometimes I do listen to my own one. But the other day, I was playing this podcast to my wife. And uh, she went, is there some reason to really listen? <laughs> like, is there something you're trying to point out? And I was like, no, I'm just just generally doing this. And, uh, you know. I can't listen to myself. I can't listen to it. When well, I've I been driving. you. Well, no. But, and you as well. The whole show. <laughs> I can't. Well, you turn it off if you're driving. Yeah, it puts it makes I feel I sort of puts cringe. a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know, just don't like listening to my own voice. Do you listen to it, G? None of us, we don't, we can't even get ourselves to listen to our own. Here, here. I've listened to it as it happened. We can't if we can't get ourselves to listen to our own bloody radio show, what chance is well, we, there for we, anyone we, else? We do it in the moment though. Don't, yeah, it? you listening like, when it's happening? Yeah, because I'm not. <laughs> I am. I'm listening. I'm. I got front. You know, he has to write a poem thing. about it, so he has to absorb yeah, so it. So I listen to it way. a lot. Yeah, I just walk out of here and I think, what just happened? What was that, that went on in there in that room? I feel like that a bit. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Especially like today, where it's all hot. It's yeah, been it's such hot. an unusual. It was such an unusual show. But let's not get into that now. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Also, uh, I need to say Good. thank you to a guy called Tom who's been. Oh, for God's sake! Giving me strength training. So you've actually built your whole life around freebies. freebies. Well, you're only doing this to promote your book. So what? I'm a great guy. I'm an author. Look at you, scrabbling around with a bin bag full of rubbish. That's all right. Yeah. No, is that wrong with it? We've That's good. I've been doing strength conditioning. How's your strength? Whoop. And the conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do for strength conditioning? Well, it's interesting because you you are weak. What? Yes. Me, Russ? Yes, yes. <laughs> no way, I'm as strong well, as an ox. He actually used the example of, you know when we had that DNA testing and you were like long-term exercise and I was short burst exercise or whatever it was, strength, and you were like stamina or whatever. A lot <laughs> of strength. Get this guy round. Get right? him in here. You, do, you lift weights or you do things like sort of an external, he calls it external talk and internal talk. Is what I'm weak at. Talky, 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 happy talk. <laughs> <laughs> Spell very different. Yeah. It's R's and Q's and U's and all sorts. It's all sorts of big mad letters. It's like anyway, a no, it's good. Score. And um, basically, I've got strong upper body, strong legs, and in the middle, weak as a weak kitten. as a noodle. <laughs> Look at you, baby. You're like a little string <laughs> of spaghetti, you poor bastard. Yeah. But so, so he does these. That you up, do little he? exercises with a bar with no weight on it, and you're shaking. You know when you judder and you're at mm. the very limits of your like ability. an absolute Jezebel. Like I've seen you. I've yes. seen you. Sometimes you're like that on the stairs, coming up in here, shuddering, and you can talk. Shaking. Can't get your leg up. Listen, there was an... yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there was an issue with my trousers, as you will hear in yes, this. They show. were full of poo. We will. <laughs> we will meet you. Round the back of this little podcast in a few moments where you will begin to understand the nature of what we go through. And let me tell you, round the back of me is a, can be a very, very dangerous place to be these days. Mm. See you in a moment, girls. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. Just then, a minute ago, in your life, this is it that you're living. 
You were listening to the Foo Fighters, but those days are gone. Let them go. Don't cling on to those notes like a lover slamming the door shut in your face saying, I've moved on, Jeremy. Why can't you? Thinking as you sit on the step, I'm not even called Jeremy. How much can this relationship have meant to either of us? You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X, which is a type of radio station in 2017. Over the next two hours, you'll be listening to 18 minutes of music. There'll probably be a competition. Someone will have a lapse in their uh, mental efficacy and personal connection. I can almost guarantee it. There will be guests. There will be commercial breaks. That's the world we live in. There are systems. There is a pattern to reality. And one of those patterns has got the name Matt Morgan. He's over there. You okay, Matt? Oh, very well. Hmm, Too early to clear your throat. Why didn't you clear your throat then? I should have cleared my throat before I spoke. That's right. What were you doing? I see you're surveying your device. I've got um, a message from a man called Stuart Thompson. Tell me all about it. Well, he's not very well. and He's in the latter stages of his life. Right. I mean, I've actually been very moved by this, mate. We spoke about it in the week. You, Stuart Thompson, is a fan of the show, and you have uncustomarily shown some interest in another person's feelings. Now, what's going on? <laughs> That's not true. I'm an empath. <laughs> uh, no, he's, uh, well, through the MMAs, the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. I had a look at their Facebook recently. Great stuff on that page. Great stuff. Do, yeah. You're doing great work, guys. And all Matt Morgan fans, because... I mentioned it yesterday to Lindsay, a long-time uh, fan of Matt Morgan, and she's one of the fractions, the splinter groups. And she goes, oh, well, I don't, the very I don't, beginning, wasn't she? I don't look at them very much from the beginning, yeah. I don't look at the Matt Morgan Appreciation fans. But I said, no, come on, look, if, you, if people in such a niche thing as being a fan <laughs> of Matt Morgan can't, can't get together. on, what chance is there for this new confederation of syndicalised anarchist tribes that we're trying to build on this radio show got? But back to Matt Morgan's basic compassion. What, yes. Who's Stuart? Tell us about him. Well, he's got a condition. I thought he might have had cancer, but he's actually got a hereditary condition. Yeah. He's, um, well, he's got days, weeks, I'm not sure exactly, but not, you know, he's like quite ill because mm. we were going to go and see him, weren't we? I'd said it to you. And uncharacteristically <laughs> for you, <laughs> uncharacteristically for you, yeah. you said, let's go and see him. I couldn't wait to get down there. I'll, Up and all, for all. Yeah, Lincolnshire. I mean, like an act of kindness in Lincolnshire, that's kindness squared, isn't it? Like if you're being kind, be kind in the south of England. No offence if you are from the north, and I know you take offence. You're very chippy up there. I've been there. I've talked to you. <laughs> I've seen your northern faces. I've lived your northern dreams. Yeah. So what, what I, suppose- we, 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 I suggested it to him, but he's too ill. He said, I can't talk very easily so it would be frustrating for everyone Stuart we want to send you on this radio show absolute actual stinking wretched love we admire you we appreciate what you're going through as much as people that aren't in enduring that experience ever can and we want to make your final days here on this planet as enjoyable as possible in the back yeah. of our mind throughout this broadcast we're thinking of you we have yeah. great great love for you G will most likely include you in his poem will you G yeah. You better, mate, after that, because the fella's on his... Loads of stuff rhymes with Stuart. Yeah. Stuart, yeah, easily done, easily done. Call yourself a poet. And, uh, you know... Well, what... I asked him... Yeah, go on. Well, apparently he'd said on the Facebook group about, you know, like someone had asked him what would you say, like, to people as advice, mm. right? And so I asked him... For people when said you are about facing death the or moment. other people's death. Uh, when you're... When, for him, personally, as right. someone who's soon to die, what would yeah. he say to those who... Are still here, right? What is it? 
Well, what, it. you've got it written down? Yes. You've actually got right. That's what I'm trying to get this out of This is your first. Matt Morgan's actually got some bloody practical advice. Instead of using this Content, radio mate. show as a sort of multicoloured swap shop in 2017, instead of using it as a sort of an audible boot sale where he can pick up people's <laughs> discarded <laughs> claptrap. Yeah, we'll about that in a minute. He's trying to actually help another human. Go on, mate. What's this advice? Now, this is for the community. People might come and give me a Sony VR headset. You're one being day. distracted from giving literal I'm life not. and death advice by a desire to get yourself right. uh, your hands on a, a PlayStation 4 controller. Just <laughs> Right. So I said to him, what was that thing you said about living in the moment? Could you, like, write it down for me so I can say it on the radio show, mm. share it with the world? So he said, I guess what I'm saying about being in the moment is truly forgetting all the distractions that pull us from the here and now, right. staying with authentic feeling. That is how I am learning to live with this condition. That This is where true life is experienced. If I was... Bold enough to share a well-rounded view it is that if I can look back on my life and see that I've benefited others in some way to create a ripple that unbeknown to me goes on to help others, that is my purpose fulfilled. E.g. the person who plants a seed of a tree who never sees direct benefit. Also, he said, can you mention my son Daniel because he's really been helping him and he is the one who introduced... Stuart to the podcast. Stuart's got six children. I thought he was... Like a young guy, I assume that's all. Stuart and all of Stuart's family, we're sending you so much love. What beautiful, incredible advice that was. It comes to us all, and examples like yours, Stuart, are great comfort to all of us. You can do something that continues to benefit people after your death. I understand. Uh, You defy the idea that you are just an individual and your own life is your life as it is in your body by spreading love and the love that you leave lives on in others and he uses that metaphor of planting trees uh, uh, whose shade you will never sit in. I really like that. Well, Stuart and your family, this show is dedicated to you. We'll be bearing you in mind as we trundle off into our usual miasma of bad taste near the knuckle content. That's what he loves. That's what He he loves that. He loves that. He goes two hours of respite every week. Right, here comes the respite. Get ready for some respite. Respite coming up right now, Matt. So now that you've done some something for another person let's get back to you why are you you've come in here with a sack of stuff like what happened? What a, like happened a disgraced was? father christmas being <laughs> whooped out of debenhams and stay out you stink of ale you've got a big bag in there there's all off right, this is what of happens. other people's lives some guy right yeah who has now become a friend james james taylor all right, James. Taylor. Yeah, Don't forget that name. That, thanks, James. So, like, go on. So, what have you done? Right. You've got a big so bag he of two. Approached me on Instagram and said, "I've got a Sony VR headset. You're always asking for one." I said, "I oh, don't be silly. I meant to try and get one out of Sony." Right, mm. and he goes, "Well, I've got one. I don't want." Right. Well, what I've got here, Matt, is a bag that looks. He's also like... given me a bag. Now, you know sometimes when you see like a, a, a fella that's a rough sleeper, a homeless person, but that you think's been in the army, that they're coping with homelessness well because of their army background. Matt's got a bag such as they might have. It's a car key colour, and in it is, I mean, it's still boxed, live the game. The, it's the a... funny thing was, when he handed it over to me, he goes, look, it's all in there, it's all the bits, as if I'd paid for it. And I was like, you're giving me this, even if it was an empty box, it'd be good. If, yeah, you'd have an empty box to look at, wouldn't it? That'd fill your little life up. PlayStation was, you've got all this stuff. But didn't he give you some other bits and bobs? You had a like, little side pocket in your big sort of duffel bag with so Fredo the, the Frogs yeah, in it for he put, G. He put emery boards in there for you ah! and he's written on the back of one. That's a bag for life. That's just... just well, what's that? A well, bag he said, if I didn't like the big bag, he was going to give me a bag for life. 
Oh dear! Don't oh. press that. Oh, I don't like it, Matt. That's the, place, that's the VR controller. It thing. doesn't look like a VR controller, Matt. That looks like something that shouldn't be allowed <laughs> in your to be in your custody. James Taylor's a very kind man. I said I was going to let him in, but you weren't here yet. I classically, would have loved to have met James Taylor. James, come back next week, and anyone who wants to come. James, in, you can come. Not anyone. Any, oh, right, they have to anyone. bring a duffel bag <laughs> full of things. <laughs> Phil, go up into your attic and scrape into it any old toot you don't want. Some Christmas tree lights, an old suitcase, the zips broke. On, bring it to Matt Morgan. He'll take it. He'll go snuffling Quite off. with keys wedged together. Rag oh, and... I'll have it. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Rag and bone Matt Morgan. He, he, I think he said, I think it's a kindness that I've taken it from him because he went too far into VR. You, what, really? What he's what, how? how? He this just, is Matt he Morgan said it was just off. powerful and he lost himself in there. That's Matt shuffling through life with a duffel bag of other people's toot. You got an emery board out of it. Yeah, where are my emery boards? Look at that. Dear Russell, there's not enough space on the back of this to write everything I'd like to say, says James, so I'll try. I'm actually, like, we get emails on this show, but I'm reading letters that are written on the back of a pack of emery boards to uh, condense my adjuration into eight inches of cardboard. Darling, a lot of adulation can be condensed into eight inches. I tell you that from personal experience. I love you, mate. I love the path you've taken in life. I'm so grateful for your existence because to see someone like yourself grow and morph into whatever it is you are nowadays, <laughs> wherever it is you are nowadays, has it's given me a backhanded me compliment. <laughs> really backhanded. It was like a slap compliment. It's a slap lament in my own life. I think you probably are, Jesus. Thank you. About time someone said that. And sign me up straight away to be a disciple come the revolution. Smiley face. Don't undermine it with a smiley face, James. I think that what you do with the truths and the podcast are invaluable, and I try and steer people I come across in that direction. Well done. You can come behind a glass panel, mate, for that. He can come in the room. I'd prefer he was behind the panel, Matt. <laughs> people like behind the panel, I think. Oh, Gareth's phone's ringing. And I try and steer people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sorry, I've already said that. I think I'm babbling. Oh, you are, yes. I'm writing. Uh, it's really the most, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever read on the back of an emery board. I hope this gets, I hope after civilization collapses, which it must, you know, the Armageddon must come, Armageddon must come. Some of us, of course, are facing our own literal death, like our beloved pal there that we were talking about. But, Stuart, but like, Armageddon culturally will come and I hope that when the extraterrestrials arrive and pick through the debris uh, they'll find this emery board with a, a letter on it and they'll say this must have been their religion these people I wonder who no, this great then it'll man be you as the religion. known of Russell no wait come on let me just flesh this out I wonder who this Russell man was he must have surely been a great saint to inspire such honour in people to bring about such love. Deep sense of irony in they that keep, writing. They keep digging down through the uh, rubble and they come across a big Duffel sack bag. of claptrap. <laughs> what, what sort of idiot they say it are the extraterrestrials will <clears throat> beg, borrow Listen. and penny pinch for that. I'm, I'm, I'll have to give something back to the community. But You've got to give back to the community. Anyone, look, we do this show for you and as I say, a nominal fee, providing subpar content at a price that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, so what we we want to help you we love you if you have anything want to help you it could be as serious as, as uh, like the oncoming death of a loved one or your own death or it can be as trivial and frivolous as giving Matt an Oculus giving Matt a way it's into the virtual Oculus, world it's not an Oculus you old granddad you live in a virtual Oculus world and hanging about you pop that I've got some x-ray specs at home <laughs> blimey no I've also had uh, someone offer me some stuff from the uh, outdoor survival community it's so hot in here. It's so hot. It's getting it hot in here. I'll take off some of my gear. I'm so perishing hot. I'm going to take my top off. I've took it off. 
Say what you like about Nelly. He makes a damn good record. Oh, no, my top's tangled. My top's oh, tangled on the cable. The, he's taken the top over his headphones. Now it's attached to the cable. Oh, it's undignified. Now it's like those things you do. Hanging church. it down. Now it's pulling the headphones down on your head. Oh, it is. It's pulling tension down it's my centre of my you. torso. If I'm Ray Mears... If I'm just Ray Mears, would you stay with me and help catch rail moats? You said you've got some information from a survivalist, have you? Well, I, there's a guy uh, who's also on Instagram who's, he goes outside on his own and he yeah. films himself and he's got a YouTube channel doing stuff. Don't we all, dear? I know. But um, I was talking to him and he and I said, like, well, I'm, I'm up for doing it on my own and just uh, going out there and camping. And it's getting a bit cold, but, I, you know, there's... There's, you know, if you've got the right equipment, you're all right. Mm. And he said, if you go to bed normally at 11 p.m., yeah. right, while you get there and it's starting getting dark now at six, right, that's five hours just sat in the dark on your own, even with a fire. And he said that might mess with your head. Maybe you should wait till spring. Yeah, you don't have no faith in your ability to survive. No, he's, he was saying it in a general way. Humans, not you. you. Oh no, I wouldn't bother if I was you, Matt. Half <laughs> past seven, EastEnders theme tune will still be on. I'm out of me panicking wildly. Oh no, what am I going to do? I, honestly, five go. hours of silence in the dark next to a fire sounds like heaven. You'll be going you through your duffel panicking, bag, mate. eating G's Freddo frogs, panicking, no phone signal, sitting in your bag for yeah. life. Stooling yourself down the back of your legsios. No, you'd be in a helicopter by 7 pm. <laughs> I'd be wrapped in a tinfoil blanket, cuddled up to Bear Grill, saying, Oh, Bear, it was awful out there. The street lamps was getting in my eye holes. We're going to have some adverts in a moment just to Woo! keep things running. But let me tell you what's coming up. We're going to be talking to Nick Baker from The Really Wild Show, who's going to be explaining to us why the hell 75% of the world's insects are gone because Matt cares about that now. This is a new caring Matt. This is a new caring Britain. This is a new caring Matt who's had most of his ideas shot down through the week on email by an idiot who's obsessed with board games. <laughs> <laughs> I found this person who's homeless. In fact, Stuart, our yeah. friend, yeah. he suggested this guy who's homeless and walked around the whole country getting money for some well, charity. I didn't shoot you you went, I don't want that. I want to talk to the maker of Monopoly. Oh, get the old bags. Get him in here. <laughs> old money bags. Is, what is this obsession with board games? I'll tell you about that. After, After this these cake. messages. Radio X. Russell Brand. I am Russell Brand. There's probably a record as well as the adverts, was there, lads? Do you know? If there was, well, if there was, I hope you enjoyed it. Coral. Or was it Coral? Good work. Here's our record. We're called Coral. We're trying our damnedest on the Whittle. Not there. Probably Merseyside. We've got Northern Pride. Those things you said about us. I've worn myself out doing that. Now, the reason I like... out with that, I think. There's a lot of good things coming up over the course of the show. There's... The man who knows about insects, Nick Baker. There's an anthropologist who's coming on here to explain to us how we are going to create utopia. Hang like, on, we're talking about board games. I, Matt, I'm going to I'm going to loop back to that. I'm going to loop. Oh, are back. you? Because you look like a man who wandered trying, off, trying to avoid it. No, 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 no. I'll be looping back. Don't worry about that. I'll be looping back. We're going to have a lady, uh, Dr. Joe Cook. Sorry for mentioning the gender. What's wrong with me? Joanna Cook has written and lectured on the anthropology of ethics, asceticism. Uh, and uh, and religion. So this What's wrong with mentioning agenda? I'm trying to be more sensitive. No. I'm being much more sensitive. That's too sensitive. 
Is it? No, it's not, is it, Jen? It's the snowflake generation. You can't rely on her. <laughs> they're not snowflakes. What about when society collapses and they're all wanted around offended? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Ray Mears, if I'm just Ray Mears, would you come with me in Matt's bag for life? Uh, so what happened was, is I was up in Leeds performing stand-up comedy with the beloved people of the North, who I absolutely adore on my recovery tour. Tickets available uh, for a few shows coming up. Go on the website if you're interested. Very funny stuff. Very funny stuff. And I went into a board game shop because I've been thinking I want to lose myself in a world of board games. And well, when I, Yeah, go on. When I was there, I liked the man, the man that was in there. He was also called Matt, as a matter of fact. But I, undeterred, I treated him as though he were a human regardless. And uh, he explained to me... Like a few different board games. I've got one called Pandemic. I've got one called Eleven Z's. I've got one called Sank About a Hippo Climbing Up a Tower Made Out of Cards. A bit like just building a house of cards. And uh, But more than that, I sort of thought, yeah, gentle board games. That's what we need oh, to do. Oh, I've been trying to time. say this for years. Have you? When I got obsessed with, but never played, something called Frostgrave, right? Yeah. Which is a bit more than a board game. It's a bit more of a sort of fantasy role playing with figures. Oh, yeah, 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 thing. Yeah. You yeah. look right down your nose at me. Did I, mate? Yeah. I'm sorry I done that. I had to explain to you what it was. I felt like I was in court. Well, because, look, I think those people, now those people I think that play Dungeons and Dragons and all that, I'm right behind them. You'd love it, mate. Because with a board game, you can either look at it as, like, just what it is happening mechanically, or you can lose yourself in the fantastic element, couldn't you? But mm. like, like, What does that mean? Playing Monopoly well, and, like, kicking things over? And... Well, like, you know, there's an episode of Fools and Horses, right? Where they're playing Monopoly and like Rod, like Rod, Granddad lands next to one of Rodney's properties, and Rodney goes, "Ah, oh, right, that's mine. You and I've got a hotel on it. That's five hundred quid or whatever." And Granddad goes, "I don't know. I'm not paying that for a stand hotel <laughs> next to a stinking old waterworks. I'd rather sleep in the car." <laughs> and then Rodney goes, "Come on, Dale, tell him." He goes, "Well, no, I'll tell the truth, Rodney. I don't know what position you to build a hotel there." <laughs> like, so they only engage with yeah, the yeah, fictional yeah. component of the game rather than the. See, Monopoly's good though if you play it properly, yeah. not just like Boxing Day, like sort of everyone's wandering in and out. If you play it properly, it's really good. Why? What do you mean properly? Well, like you all do it properly. What do you think I mean? <laughs> you have you have a free parking rule. No, properly. No, you don't bend the rules. You can get like you can do deals with the banker and stuff, but that's right. part of it. No, properly. No, I just mean like where you, like, mum, it's your go. Oh, you take it for me. No, properly. <laughs> that sort of thing. We yeah. went ye- years ago. We went round uh, Russ's house, um, and we played his mum, and his mum wiped the floor with us, man. Yeah, she absolutely. Like a she, she, pie. She, it was terrible. Oh, like dear, yeah. she had to, she had to keep lending us money to keep us in the game. Yeah, to keep yeah. it that's, going. That's good. She was a vicious. She was woman. a vicious landlord. But what's, why have you suddenly become obsessed with board games, though? Because well, you went and met that, you got some. Have you been playing them? Yep, I played Elevensies, which is where you have to create the perfect spread for Elevensies, and then you declare Elevensies when you think you've got the best one. Now the fact you is, do realise there's virtual reality headsets out there now. Well, yeah, they're in your little knapsack, you've got to create aren't they? The perfect spread, and the vicar's <laughs> coming round, and the clock's ticking. Oh, it was hell of a game. <laughs> I fell asleep. At the last moment, of course, over goes the bloody jam canister. Well, that's all oh, over the doilies. Torn it right. Back to the stack of cards. <laughs> Turn it over. Oh, yeah, what the? It's, it's like that. But 
Well, but it only pertains to, you know, really, it's just a card game. You could probably play that card just numerically, you know, because like, that's really all right, that's happening. Right. Uh, this, I suppose, comes from a time when I was playing Assassin's Creed. Within Assassin's Creed, sometimes, you know, mostly I like it when you're in the pirate world and you're creating mm. a band of pirates and you're on the pirate ship. Sometimes it goes back to the underscore reality of you're in a virtual world. Oh, yeah, you're you in tell this me lab, I don't like that. And it makes you play a game that's much more like a sort of a logical game where you've got to put circles in the right shape and all things. Mm. Like, it's very algebraic right when i was playing that and i was just moving the controllers i was thinking this actually is probably the same as the other game yeah. like i'm doing the same thing i'm moving my thumbs and i have to coordinate hand eye all that stuff but because the narrative has been stripped away and it's just showing me the basic components i can't romanticize it because the narrative is not yeah. fueling me and it made me realize that possibly that's what's happening in actual life that you're investing yeah. the like on a on a sort of a basic biological level something's just going that's good that's bad. I like that. I don't like that. More yeah. hot, cold. Right, but you're going, oh no, I'm jealous. Oh, I wish I could do that. I'm going to kill that person. Yeah, I love yeah. that. You know, so. That's why I'm talking about going back to, because when you're in a survival situation, it's the same things, mm. but the problems are simple and action like changes things immediately, right? So you're going, I need water. I found water. And you get this massive rush from it. Yeah. In reality, we're, in our normal lives, you're going, oh, I should do that thing. I need to get a better job. So, And it's all months away. And it's, that's why we get stressed out. I agree. But what you're saying you. about computer games, like, you know, they have like the engine. So, like, the engine of a game, mm-hmm. and then another game works on the same engine, and they right. just replace pirates with, you know, yeah, spaceships and robots. Or spaceships, yeah. So, yeah, you are. Gangsters it is sort spaceship of. Robot. There is a binary version of that game. That's going, Stop talking! <laughs> Go on, I'm listening to you. I do I'm love listening, you. So I I'm do. Just I love. Shut down. Don't. No, don't <laughs> shut, Matthew. Don't you shut down because this is just the external world. As this is just don't a matrix of information. This. See, I was making a point you're about not, reality you're not by not boy. listening to you. You're not back in Dartford, yeah. This is not back in Dartford. Everyone's listening to you now. People are loving you. People are giving you bags of claptrap. People are reaching <laughs> out to you. You ain't that little boy at Dartford Grammar in, in, in the Mick Jagger Sports Hall pulling your shorts up too tight into your bum crack. I never got to go in the Mick Jagger rope. Sports Hall. It was built after I left. Exactly. It was built while I was there and opened after I left. Matthew, I spoke to I'm your headmaster. Bitter. I spoke to your headmaster and he said they delayed the opening of the Mick Jagger Sports Hall. I saw specifically my so headmaster not be in it. I saw my headmaster. You would tarnish uh, it. Naked, well, I'm not going to say part of his body, but he was naked and I saw everything. <laughs> yeah, well, all I went right. swimming at the weekend, right? This weekend? No. Why didn't he let it lie? In my youth. When I was a when I was a schoolboy, when I was a schoolboy, I went swimming mm-hmm. at like a swimming pool that was far away from where I lived. So obviously near where he lived, right? Mm. So it was odd. You know when you see someone out of context, of course. And you the think, are they off the, the telly? Market. Yeah, all it. that stuff, right? Where's your white jacket? I can't see you by these tins. I, what kind of dentist I saw are you? his uh-huh. right, and I thought, oh, there he is. That's my headmaster. <laughs> no, I didn't. And I thought, Good saw luck. that first, and I thought, <laughs> like, uh, right. And then I looked up and locked eyes with my headmaster. He was quite a stern and scary man. Mm. And it was a moment of... Yeah, that's... And like... then he used to look at me differently at school. Because you had the upper hand. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you usurped him. You sent one of mine it's to like the swimming little, pool like changing little... rooms. I'll send one of yours to the morgue. Like little... Why were you moving away from your natural environment to go swimming? Stick to your own side. <laughs> go in your own pool. I can't remember Stay why. Stay the shallow end. There was some reason we went... That way, we were buying a carpet or something. It's always dragged around carpet showrooms as a child. My mum used to make me go to look at clothes. 
That's what I had to go. Oh. It's so boring. So boring sitting there in the I shop. Don't do that with my kids. What do you kids, think of that? What possible. do you think of that? I don't think nothing. Well, she about asked nothing. your opinion. Blimey, no wonder your sense of fashion's warped. Wait a second. I don't like where this is going. You mean you don't like this court shoe? You don't think they go with these tights? I think your handbag doesn't match your earrings, personally. <laughs> is this sweater too loose, loose knit? You look, I'm too slutty. Mutton dressed as lamb. Mutton dressed as lamb. That's it. You've said it. I'm mutton, but I'm dressed as lamb. I'm Russell. I come from near West Ham. I'm an Essex lad. I'm trying my best I'm wearing a lady's under vest and those are the sort of things that happen these days I'll tell you something mate as you know I'm stuffing my mind out so full of knowledge that I'm probably the most cleverest person in Britain by now I don't think so you're reading Moby <clears throat> Dick for about most of your adult yes. life <laughs> <laughs> it's a very complex book I don't just read it like you skimming along the surface of it thinking oh I'll wait till it comes out on virtual reality you read it and then rereading get <laughs> <laughs> the sea is our darker nature. <laughs> oh, the island is the egoic mind. I see. And the whale, the whale is God, wherever that may be. I am the lord of the dance, I tea. <laughs> now, listen, though. I was down the old... This Can't you get your leg up on that desk anymore? What's happened to me, Matt? It's the trousers you're wearing, look They're at them. They're too tight. What happened was... Like, these... action man trousers. They used to be... The... <laughs> and I mean the size. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that to me. I am an action man. What's been going... Look, I've got a lot of things to tell you. One, these were the, used to be the tour trousers. That means when I did my tour show. Oh, that means there was ten pairs of them hanging up backstage. No, no, just one pair. And that's the mistake. Cause these, it's these, trousers. These are the tour trousers. And what happened, the problem was, is because, as you know, I'm a very lively performer. I bound about on that stage brilliant. You now, the, the, the gusset was the first to go. And now they, 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 they've tried their level best to stitch it up. But if you feel it under there... Matt, have a feel at my gusset. It's like cobwebs. You know, like when you... Pa- oh, it's come apart. Or, or, or when you pull blue tack... To- you know when you pull blue tack and it goes all fibrous? Oh, right. Did you feel it? Yeah. It's all worn out in the crutch. Exactly. So I retired them from the tour, but they've been increasingly stitched up close to the same outfit outfit on every gig. They get, look, I only do three a week. They get dry cleaned. And I do wear the same outfit. Because it's my costume. Because I'm a costume. I'm a shaman. I'm a shaman. I'm a performer. I've got to channel the energies of but the audience. But what about if people come and see you twice and go, oh, he's wearing that last time? Yeah, but hold on a minute. You wouldn't if Batman rescued you twice. You wouldn't go, oh, Batman, can't you put on <laughs> an evening gown? I'm You're up. just grateful that he's come. Aren't you to the Batman? What is that? What is that? You want that on the poster? Be grateful that he's come. <laughs> Leeds, be grateful that he's come. It's Russell Brand. Three stars. No, I mean, what I'm They're saying They're worn is, out. They don't fit you properly. You hurt. need loose, stretchy sort of material. I can't even get my leg up. I know. It's what are you doing? Pitiful, isn't it, to watch? What, on what grounds were they chosen for the tour? Well, they weren't originally tour trousers. Before that, they used to be smart trousers for best. You know, only for best. Oh, yeah. I see you. You was wearing your school shoes down the precinct. <laughs> I used to hate that. If I left my trainers somewhere and then I had to wear my school shoes at the weekend. School shoes at the weekend with, with jeans. Oh, I see your school shoes, blood. You got Velcro across the tongue. Yeah. 
That's my life. I met Jeremy Clarkson the day and talking of like you did not shoes with jeans. I'm trying to tell you about ancient Indian writing, and you bring up Dr- you never mentioned no. ancient Indian writing. I was going to mention it. Board I games. was going to mention She's it. So close to the word board, it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare! Don't you dare suggest this show is anything other than an electrifying experience in a radical consciousness. It can't already be an advert, is it, Gal? Already an advert. Right. Well, coming off the back of this advert, we've got to wrap up the board games notion. We've got uh, it says it says on my notepad Winston Churchill <laughs> rambling cyclonic. <laughs> entry point into consciousness we've got to talk about Sanskrit and Matt met Jeremy Clarkson and the two of them reportedly made love we'll hear more about that after these things that happen that the commercials have think oh radio X on radio <laughs> X we're still spe- sending massive love to Stuart who we adore and every single moment of this madness is dedicated to him to his family and to anybody else who's struggling out there because I've been doing a lot of book signings for recovery I meet a lot of people that listen to the show and they are without exception mentally ill so we know our audience and uh, we, we love you we, we love yeah. you we love you very dearly we're snooping on your Facebook pages we're diddling around in your personal business now I suppose the board games thing as I've explained it's because I'm trying to escape reality into Another world, but but I would say on the basis that this one is equally arbitrary. It's a quest for sort of rules and regulations. Or structure, do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, the safety of structure. Yeah. Possibly it is in a time that feels deeply chaotic, at a time when 75% of the uh, Earthkin's insectios have been smashed out of existiono. Warning of it. Ecological Armageddon after... I mean, that's the only kind of Armageddon that matters. don't matter if things that are not ecological die, does it? The uh, dramatic plunge... Oh, God. In insect numbers. The abundance of flying... again. (laughs) No way. What do you mean? It wasn't good enough. What do you think? Uh, rambling. What, what's wrong belching with Belching and burping and like... No, it wasn't rambling and it wasn't belching and burping. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> 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 oh, where go my false teeth? Look, I think that was a good link. I'll, I'll try it. I'll... Start again. Warning of ecological Armageddon after dramatic plunge in insect numbers. Much better. This is a story about how insects have gone down into the Armageddon. That's the problem. And now we've got to get to the solution. <laughs> like After later in a minute... There'll be the board game resolution to that notion. After later in a minute. And I've got a great story. Undo about your trousers, another button. Another, I need another They're button. bothering you. I think my spleen is, my spleen's doubled over in two. He's done, his, he's done something weird with his trousers, so he can't do the flies up, so there's a gaping hole. Don't he's shaved every, every hair on his body. <laughs> no, I ain't. I'm brilliant. Everyone, let's appreciate me for a while, like the man on the back of the Emery board, James Taylor. Hats off to you, sir. Hats off to you. Look, we've got to wrap up this thing about bloody board games. We've got, I've got something important to tell you about, about uh, Sanskrit and Indian and deep Upanishadic Vedic knowledge. But before that, let's just try and get to the bottom of this because the abundance of flying insects has This plunged. is terrifying, terrifying news. Insects are an integral part of life on Earth as both pollinators and prey for other wildlife. It's known that some species, such as butterflies, were declining, but newly revealed scale of losses of insects has prompted warnings. Matt Morgan, when he's not collecting knapsacks of claptrap off of his pals, is worrying about this. Are you? Why? I am worried. Well, <clears throat> there was a book that we had to do at school, and at time I thought, oh, God, a book, right? Mm. But it stayed That's with me. That's what you had to do books at school. It must have been a tough time, mate. Books well, are all day except PE. I know, I know, well... And that involved staring at your nude head. Purchase Moby Dick this week. <laughs> uh, no, there's a book called Death of Grass, and it was about how there's a blight on grass, right? Mm. So it meant that it affected wheat, 
corn, whatever, right? And so at first, people go, oh, that's weird. That's just going to, you know, like it's a blight. We'll try and, and then they couldn't solve it. So mm-hmm. some people realised if the corn and the wheat and the grasses die, that means all the anim- all the sort of grazing animals die. Mm. That you know, like it's you only take one piece out of the ecological frame and it all collapses. Insects are massive; they're even more important than grain. Well, tell you the truth, seventy five percent gone. One of my board games where a hippo balances oh, on a card, and if you move the card at the wrong moment, it all goes wrong. But why well, take my analysis when we've got a man called Nick Baker on the phone who knows the score? The great Nick Baker is here with us. He's going to explain this to us in a manner which we can understand. Nick, thank you for joining us on the show, mate. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Sorry for keeping you there slightly too long while I tried to pre-see the show up to that point and set up this item. It was too long. <laughs> It was a pleasure as well. You didn't mind <laughs> we that. got there in the end, though. It was great. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Yeah, Thank you. No worries. You're in a uh, now. Please, Nick. What's going? What's going on? What's going on with the decline in the insect population? Are these things early indicators of ecological meltdown? Yes, oh, and no. I know you want more from me because I'm supposed to be some kind of expert. But even the most experty kind of experts in this field cannot give you a single simple answer i mean you know we the insect numbers are going down that's 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 for certain um and it's not just about biodiversity we hear that word being used a lot and it's quite a dull word but um um it's more bioabundant it's the numbers of things you know that biomass that uh, is out there scurrying and flying and twitching away is going down in number ever since you know i'm 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 not I'm not that old, but I've noticed it in my lifetime. I've been a, um, a biologist, an entomologist, I guess, uh, since I could crawl. You know, I've been interested in these things. I used to you know, catch moths on top of my shed. I used to have a little homemade moth trap made out of Lego. And uh, Were you nice to them when you caught them in your Lego? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, is a, this is a non-lethal moth trap. Um, I did go through a bit of time, like all boys do, I went through a bit of a nasty phase. Me too. Can you tell us a bit about that nasty phase? We will move on to how you've become a kind man and you're literally in this moment campaigning for the survival of our little six-legged pals. But let's go back to these nasty, that uh, Lego, let's call it uh, Lego Strange Ways, a prison for moths. It was a bit odd. I mean, basically, I'm not an electrician. I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Uh But I so desperately wanted to meet those denizens of the night that we call moths. And Mm. I just know I just got into them as a a kid. So I wanted to to lure them um, to me, basically. Nick, I'm writing down the word lure on my pad, (laughs) okay? That's gone on the pad. That could be quite nasty. (laughs) Lure, lure. He's luring denizens of the night. I I set up my, my, um, my bedroom as a moth trap initially. So I'd go and tell my mum I was going to bed. Then I was about sort of eight, eight or nine at this oh. age. I'd be going to bed early, and she believed me, and I'd go up to my room, oh. and I'd turn all the lights on and open all the windows and oh. just sit there until the wee-wee hours catching um, the <laughs> insects that came in. They're all wee-wee hours in my house. I knew, what, I knew as soon as I said it, I said, oh, mistake. <laughs> I've just got myself into trouble. You opened anyway, the door a crack well, there. That was like a, <laughs> I was like a moth to a flame there, wasn't I, mate? You flung you the windows right open there, yeah. and the light of purility shone. <laughs> like a cockroach in a crevice. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, anyway that's how I started. Then I wanted to do it. Then I got into trouble because I was filling the house up with biting insects and my mm-hmm. mum... My mum rumbled me in the end. So um, I started 
trying to build something on the top of the shed, which was this Lego moth trap with a I'd modified some Lego transformer and put a light bulb in it. It wasn't very effective. I didn't catch many moths, but I did electrocute myself, um, which kind of was karma, I guess, because about that time, I was trying to sort of fill up the old cigar, old cigar boxes. You don't see them anymore, but my grandfather used to give me these things. Mm. He didn't even smoke cigars. So where he got them from, I don't know, but... <laughs> We'd sit there and Granddad I would, I would has try and catch them boxes. and stick them in the box, you know. And I, oh. and you know, I did things. Like I tried to put pins in some of them, and mm. and it pin, was pin. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> I didn't like it, and it was awful. And, oh, and but anyway. All right, so I, I like this because, in a way, it shows that you uh, you had an early essential connection to what you did exactly. as an adult. I think that's sort of exactly. quite delightful. Yeah. Like, and it was, was scientific what he was doing. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it, what it was, Russell's right. It was. It was. I was making a connection. See, at least I knew what moths were, and I was aware of them, and mm. I noticed things were changing. Now, as I you've got older, you, do you think that you've discovered a psychological? imperative for this early fascination like do you think what do you find that theme repeating itself in your life and think what was that that made me go to my room alone fling the window open and turn the lights on what was what is this essence and do you still feel that feeling as an adult working in the same field that fascination what is it i do it's still there it's still there and i and i it is it's it awakens every i mean fortunately i've turned it into a living but it Mm. awakens the inner child every time that uh, you know, I see something new in the garden, and I'm, I, you know, I, it, it just brings me back to that same point. I'm just curious. I'm a curious individual in more ways than one, mm. and I love, I just love these things, and I love that connection. And it's connection we're connection. missing um, as a species. Um, and but what's interesting about this study that you, you're referring to about this declining insects is that, whereas it's quite easy to sort of push these things aside in favour of all the mega charismatic, fluffy things with wet, watery eyes and whiskers. The reality Thank is. You. <laughs> these, things, these things, these things are really, really important. And without them, you know, we, we, you might not miss that beetle or those midges, or but you'll miss a load of things that feed on them. And um, I, I don't know, I don't know if, even when it even started, but it's a slow decline that we've noticed. I mean, I remember as a kid just the, the state of windscreens. In fact, even when yeah. I started, started driving yeah. in the nineties. Just the amount of insects yeah. on your windscreen after a summer drive. They're not there anymore. You're you know right I mean? about that, Nick. Even on an you anecdotal might the old level. bumblebee. I do. The odd ones especially. Go <laughs> Get in line, lad. <laughs> um, but Matt Morgan's very, very worried about this. Now, I've got to tell you this, Nick. Before you came on air, he said, I don't know why we're even getting Nick Baker on because I myself have come up with a solution. It's an egg cup of sugary water in your back garden. <laughs> That'll that. solve this for everyone. Now, Matt, I'll, I'll hand the interview over to you at this point. Nick, I didn't say that at all. I was thrilled. Uh, Will that I was help? a big fan of the Really Wild Show. Yeah. I know, Packham, it's going back a bit there, isn't it? It's, Packham, it's good fun. Yeah, Michaela, Michaela's still around. Yeah. She's doing all right. It's us, right, yeah. it's, 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 it's us that vanished. Quiet, Russell. This is my area oh, of the show. Sorry. <laughs> but you're not far off with your, your cup of sugar water. Well, that's what I was thinking. Is it you're going best? in the right direction. I mean, part of it is the fact we've lost a lot of our... Well, the pollinators are create quite a lot of that biomass we're missing. And actually, a lot of us, we're sterilising... We're losing um, flowers. And wild and birds, are wild birds affected? Exactly. And, well, right. most wild birds will be feeding on insects at least some point in their, in their life cycle. So those little baby birds in the nest in the spring, they don't become big birds um, you know, by magic. They need yeah. insect protein to build up those, those bodies. So and, what, and, is there anything we can do? Like, because is it like... 
in like pesticides or something because it must be chemical, mustn't it? It can't just be that we've like lost green space and stuff. I think it's everything. I think it's it's combination of some pretty insidious pesticides that we've been using. Mm. The accumulating effects of those pesticides. I think it's also the fact that we're obsessed with our with our manicured lawns and our tidy streets. Yeah. I mean, tidiness is the big problem. Is that we're, we're you know I've, I've got it at the moment. We've got a lovely field opposite my house, which is we're, we're trying to uh, increase its biodiversity and its bioabundance by changing the way it's looked after and managed. And the complaints that, that, that come forth are that it looks a bit scruffy. We don't like it. Can we tidy it up? We don't like what you're doing. And that is it. We need to sort of lose this idea that everything has to be straight lines and nice and neat and tidy because until we can accept that, we can't sort of, we can't bring yeah, but there's that massive areas of there's massive areas of woodlands that like, I don't that can't it can't just be that I know it's, you're saying it's a combination not of massive things. areas of woodlands we're losing really? loads of stuff but aren't the insects disappearing in America as well and there's you know like wilderness yeah. and stuff so what can we yeah, is there anything we can the do wilderness has got smaller but there's also climate change issues we don't know how that's affecting life cycles you're right there's chemical I think this is the problem this is why I came on and said yes they're declining but no I can't give you an answer as to why because it is possibly a mix of all those factors Matt, don't just say stuff. I'm just heard. chucking stuff around. Wi-Fi, diesel, a cup of sugary water. Right, no. This man's an expert of a book out, Rewild, his book. Is it possible... Rewilding, I'm all about rewilding. I'll tell you something, Nick. I'll tell you what I think the problem is. I've got, I'm just looking at a latest study out of Oxford University. That's in Cheshire. It says here, it says here, part of the problem of why all these insects is gone is little Lego prisons on sheds. <laughs> Aha! The irony! It's all my fault. It's Nick Baker himself. What can we do, Nick? What can we do? Well, the first thing is is actually to get out there and notice them yourself. That's what, that's what rewilding is for me. Um, it's not about necessarily letting, <laughs> letting lions and tigers go in the British countryside, as someone once told me. Lions it's about, and tigers it, it's about countryside. A, <laughs> Don't write that down. It's, it's about letting, uh, connecting ourselves with what we're missing and what we've lost. And unless you're, unless you're appreciating the stuff that's going on right next to you in your window box or your garden or whatever it is you're looking at, you can't even begin to understand the bigger picture. And, and this study about the insect decline is very much part of that. It's, it's kind of, we don't really know. We've just noticed it. We've just woken up to it. And now we need to sort of try and work out what's going on. And that's where the science comes in. But this the first step is actually to appreciate this stuff and understand what it is and, but and, could, and, and why, why, it, why it's of value. Would it help if uh, we all went out to the woods and threw some sugar lumps out there? <laughs> Matthew, if you ever... It might that, help. Can I, I'm going to tell you something, Nick, that I don't normally tell our guests. Every single interview, there's a bit where Matt goes, can we go into the woods and throw sugar lumps? It doesn't matter. Last week, we were talking to a skyscraper expert... And Matt said, could it help with the dynamics and structure of your building if I went to the woods and threw sugar lumps around? I said, Matthew, you're clearly just looking for an excuse to toss sugar lumps around in a copse. Do it if you need to. Just do it. But don't drag Nick I Baker. I do do it, but I want the nation man, to do it. A scientist. Would it help, Nick? At He's all? a proper scientist. No. From a <laughs> university. Quiet. I want to know if it'll help. <laughs>
No, you'd be better off leaving leaving the flowers to grow in your garden or leaving a little right, bit so just, to go a bit yeah, wild. Well, Let's good. go wild. Go. I think we've learned accident. a couple of things here from Nick Baker, and here are those things, preceded by a nitwit. It's that we've lost our connection to nature. We've lost connection to our own nature within ourselves. Nick mentioned two things. One, when he was a child, he felt an, felt an essential connection to the insect world, somewhere deep within him that he didn't understand with his rational mind. He's also observed that over life, as we become more and more civilised, we become more and more detached from the integrity of our nature and from external nature itself. What is the individual essence? Do individuals, you as an individual listening now, have an essential self? And is there an, ex- is there an essence to external being, beingness? Do these two things intersect, your individual nature and external nature, as a phenomenon? It's just gone to 80%. <laughs> Insects are dropping out of the bloody Plummeting. sky. I'm looking at them. Hold on a minute. They're gathering at the windows behind a glass panel. I'm watching them. <laughs> Nick, I myself actually have a beehive and I don't even bother the bees. They're just in Useless. there doing what Honey they like. Solitary I've, heard about this. I've heard about this, Russell. How are you getting on with your, with your beekeeping? Sometimes I lift the lid up and I snoop around in their business and I try and look for the queen and I look at the pollen on their legs and I look at the cells and I look out for the ones that have got sort of a, a bigger cave on it. And the problem is, is that there's quite a dense network of cells closely Ooh. gathered oh, across section. Oh. <laughs> it's difficult in there, Nick. So uh, I try to stay out of the hive. I just stay on the periphery. I'm letting them, I think, get bees, leave them in your garden, let them get on with whatever they want. I think that's a good idea. And you don't have to have honeybees either. Another little thing that anyone can do is is um, attract the little solitary bees oh, that, that live in little that. tubes. And um, Nick, I just they're great. That. You just get you <laughs> Matt, draw some holes in a block of wood and hang it on the wall. Yeah. And, and in, the sum, in the spring, they just fill up with bees. It's and funny, because earlier Matt was saying that solitary, <laughs> solitary bees are the lone wolves of the bee world and they should be driven out of existence. And he said he personally vowed to mallet them <laughs> into oblivion. And throw sugar lumps at them, no doubt, as no well. No doubt, Nick, no doubt. No that doubt. is the kind of idiocy we're dealing with. <laughs> Nick, thank you for coming on and educating us. It's everyone. Rewild. Buy Nick's book, Rewild. And while you're there, buy my book, Recovery. Buy two books. How many books do you need? Two. That and Moby Dick. Really enough, Russell, they're both on, they touch on a lot of the same things. There's a little bit of nature therapy in there as well, which actually can do us all a load of good. That's what we need. Just buy Rewild. No, no. (laughs) No, no. If if you have to choose one book. (laughs) (laughs) No, get both. Well, do it. You like, I don't care. Get both. I agree. I agree. All right. I love you. Thanks, Nick Baker, for coming on the show. Thanks, mate. That's brilliant. Bye. Cheers, Nick. Nick. Why did you say I love you at the end? Well, I wanted it to go out on a high note (laughs) after some of your ridiculous theories. And I've got a list of some of your theories here. Go to a wood, throw sugar clumps around. Clumps? Bat bees to death with the... Listen, heel of your what we hand. didn't get to, if he just, like, if there was just, like, so he said, let your garden go a bit more wild, yeah. right? Let your garden grow, baby. I just feel like these are the last gasp, useless attempts. We need to probably <laughs> lobby farmers to stop using pesticides. Yeah, well, it's of, look, mate, all these problems, you, like, uh, look, as you know. Oh, look, mate, yeah, look, my mate. arms have gone right out. I don't know what I'm talking about, no, mate. mate. So I've dropped down into this sort of voice, so I'm just like, move on, have some adverts, that way better, There's yeah? not going to be adverts, I tell you now for a fact, there's no adverts, because I am going to say this thing. That I'm going to say now, and it's this: it, until these are economic problems, like those that pesticide problem, that's because of economics, because of certain agencies allow certain pesticides to be used when they know about the ecological side effects. We all know these are commercial problems. Climate change, that's an economic and commercial problem. Until you address the core problems, or you're right, it will just be a man in a wood throwing sugar lumps, a beehive, and that man would be Matt Bradley, Peter Clarence advert, and this is his 
final achievement. With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claim. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand. Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, that was an hour of fantastic entertainment. That was Liam Gallagher's new single. Did you enjoy the first hour of the show? I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Certainly liked the segue into the second hour. (laughs) Talk about that. Well, I had a sort of a little bit of a moment there. I think it's where the waistband of these trousers is too high, and it's caused me some terrible restriction. What looked like one of his (laughs) kedzooks. It was extra. You you went up almost a foot, and then you had this look of absolute terror. Did I look of terror? Look of terror, like that sort of. And I said, "Are you all right? What's happened?" Like the yuck man look. Worse. Like a man on the edge of town. The yuck man was like, "Ooh, hello, children." But you then you were like, like one of the children. (laughs) A child responded to the yuck man. It was like you'd had some sort of cardiac moment or something had happened Mm. deep in your body. What had happened? Tell us. Many listeners will tell you. As the, well, I've got I've got emails here about Russell Brand doing raspberries on the show. Where is that? We've got lots of brilliant emails. People talking about uh, confirming our view that witches were persecuted because of their ancient wisdom Don't and knowledge. Change the subject. Exactly. What are you doing I'm now? I'm not changing. I'm looking for an email on this subject. I'm looking for an email on the subject of blow offs. You'll know if you're a producer. I don't on think show, it was a blow off. Was it? Swap. It was something extra. <laughs> extra I did what I thought was going to be a very mere, simple standard enjoyable little blow-off uh, <laughs> uh, for Britain and like to celebrate a wonderful guest on our show, Nick yeah. Baker. Uh, I thought I'll do my customary, just a, the merest of the pit squeaks. The animals got out of the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> the yuck man escaped from his yurt. Went, <laughs> and then ran off with his bum wipes to the toilet. <laughs> and I'll tell you what's worse. Here it is. It's from Uncle Two Beers. Hi, all. Getting right to the chase. Is Russell's constant flatulence on the show, as well as every interview I see him in. Hold on a minute. I don't do them in every interview. He's probably talking about your show. burping more. I assume his diet is heavy on beans, chickpeas, falafel, etc. Oh, and God. does the show's producer not have a fart and burp filter? Do you, Neil and Gareth? But, uh, uh, so, so I don't have to listen. They to haven't got four out. hours every week to edit them all out. <laughs> to listen to Russell's sphincter loudly creaking open like the lid of a coffin, revealing its decomposing contents in size. Gassed out. Love, Uncle Two Beers. Well, as you know, flatulence is an integral part of my biosystem, and we've got to embrace the really wild aspects of our nature. But what happened there is, what I thought was going to just be a Marjorie Pippin had a slippery little interloper. A stowaway burst out. I, I went to the male lavatories without accent, so I had to go to the ladies' lavatory. Oh, this is, there's no dignity in this no story. Dignity. We shouldn't have even gone there. It was a bit like, you know, in Pulp Fiction, when Harvey Keitel comes around to clean that car out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Winston Wolf tidying up. Okay, what we got here? Oh, no. Yeah, it's barely left the cheeks. (laughs) It's not touched cloth. This is easy. (laughs) Just a minute. (laughs) Excuse me, Mr. Winston Wolf. I've made a muddle down my trousers. Anyway, it's all all right now. It's all been tidied up perfectly You Did you wash your hands afterwards? Because there's this thing Mm. that you've been saying recently. What's that? 
You don't wash your hands after going to the toilet. What's the point? It's disgusting. I You've got children, wasting... you animal. I ain't wasting my time with society's stupid rules. I'm touching the sandals. Yeah, I was no, on Sunday. That's not Did cool. you see me on Sunday? That I am is cool. not cool. I am cool. Did you see me on Sandy Branch the I saw day? a clip of it. Very good work by old Russ there. That, that's where it came up, that you don't wash your hands. Mate, you've got to wash your hands after you go to the toilet. What's the actual logic oh, behind that? That is an old wives' tale. That is the government's plan the to government keep us down or something. trying to keep us yeah, down. We're going to have that biosphere on our hands, man. They're washing away all the germs, man. That's what the bugs feed off, man. No. <laughs> wash your hands after you go to the toilet, you dirty little girl. <laughs> <laughs> the Yakman has an old. I'm not touching wisdom. anything. You're not having a go on my I VR sanitizer. helmet. I always bring sanitizer off the show. See, people yeah. are cleaning up themselves <laughs> around you. <laughs> hey, Russ, how's it going? And then there's a handshake. G goes and cleans his whole body. <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> and well, he might. He should smother. He should lather himself up in that stuff. Look, let's talk about. Please start washing your hands. All right, I'll try. Now, listen. Let's celebrate me. Let's praise me like we should. <laughs> Let's praise me like we should. Like I was on Sunday brunch the other day. Oh, wasn't I good? I brought an element of much needed shamanic chaos. And Mel Smith, Sharon Smith's sister, who produces that show, Sunday brunch, says best viewing views they've ever had. Viewing figures. What did I say? Viewing views. <laughs> Either. Either's good. <laughs> best viewing views they've ever had on the old voo and vooinator. <laughs> look at the voo and vooinator. It's, it's gone, gone through, through the roof. roof. Oh, look. No, I've never seen a needle go that far over. <laughs> I didn't know even went that high. Look at that. It's fell off. It's bounced to the belt of the bottom of the clock. <laughs> Ay, the dial's gone backwards. <laughs> the voo voos went through the rui roo. I'll did they not that. insist that you wash your hands on that show? Um, ah. Right, so what celebrities did you poison? Roisin Connerty. She's gone. Who Rick else? Stein. Rick Stein. Gone diphtheria. <laughs> <laughs> Dermat O'Leary, tuberculosis. They're all they're all dropping like flies. That panel of people that were sat behind a desk, all gone, all gone now. Every one of them. Now, as you know, I'm one of the great men of Britain. I was educating myself to a very high standard at SOAS University, and I've got this here from one of my tutors. Still at that university. Yep. You don't talk about it much now. I'm always talking about well, it was half term. It went on for ages. It might not have been after. It might have been end of term. There's this thing where for ages you don't have to go. Ages. Right. About 12 weeks or something. You don't have to go. I've still not done any homework. Any. Oh, you are a bad person. You don't wash your hands when you go to the toilet. You don't do your homework. Yeah, but I help others, mate. I do help others. You if, do? Are you another? I'll help you. That's my motto. So, like, I'm shooting through the roof with my studies. This week I was doing Sanskrit. We're studying the Vedic, Vedic the Vedas, and, uh, like, uh, as ancient ancient in Indian philosophy we're going through the different phases of the Vedas and seeing where certain ideas about even emerge meditation the relationship between breath and meditation like the first right. time these things are ever written about very good I try not to ask too many questions in the class I just try and see how do you get away you still don't understand this with not doing your homework they just tolerate it because well I don't know I suppose there's going to be a point when they go the sign book instead <laughs> there'll be a bit where they where everything gets marked and I suppose my marks aren't going to be very good are they because so you go, won't pass your course what was the point of doing it? Learning. Learning stuff. I don't need a degree, do I? What am I going to do? I'm not going to become a teacher, am I? Or a professor or something, am I? What do I'm... you do? Just sit at the back sniffing your hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got my precious minerals. It's Wednesday. I remember. That was, a, that was an easy wipe. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Going through the light. Uh-oh. I can feel... Hold on. There's, another, there's a barbarian at the gate, Matt. 
There's a barbarian Another at one. the gate right now. Now, I'm clamping shut this time. Once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> fool me once, more fool you. Fool me twice, more fool me. I've, I've clamped the gate shut. No one's getting out. No sewaways, no escape like a cuckoo clock. It's going back up. But I'll tell you what, the, <laughs> but the problem is it's so piping hot in here and my waistband is so high and tight. I'm like a, I'm like a wiggly worm with a saddle in the middle. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but... Trussed up too tight. It's I'm not like a an sleeping bag tied up. in your own pants. <laughs> it wasn't... Look, mate, it was a minor incident, particularly compared to what we've been through over the years. It's next to nothing. What about you when you wipe your bottom on an aeroplane? Do you remember it? Yeah, we I only like, know about it because you've made you've used it for years against me that's right we were off to interview the Rolling Stones oh don't do it again oh, right, okay, this, this show will fall yeah. into the gutter let's get it maybe saving it. insects alright so like, we're supposed to save insects and as you know I will take this to a cultural high point because and because of my understanding of culture <sighs> let's raise the bar we've gone low that's very relaxing too low don't you sometimes wish in life that you could have a moment of repose, respite, where you could fall into yourself and find that inner sanctuary when you were just a boy, a little boy in a room full of moths? <laughs> Excuse me. And <laughs> I shall see a doctor the minute this ends. <laughs> ah, the light. Whether it's the light of the bedroom or the light inside of yourself that lures the moths to you. The moths, the creatures of the night. They're nocturnal magic. Damn, majesty. Your late father and I were fascinated by nocturnal beings, and that is why, come the witching hour, our eyes would flick open like Venetian blinds suddenly snapping to attention. We would rise bolt upright in our beds, then he and I, face to face, gripping each other's shoulders like samurai warriors before a battle would make oaths before the moon, howling like wild men, our dressing gowns undone, our nightshirts not worn, our genitalia bare before the moonlight, not a hair on our body's majesty. We would oil ourselves, keep ourselves well-groomed. We would sprint out into the woodlands, and there we would find, in an opening, some of the lowly curs and hounds of the palace, I would grip one of the lowlier beasts by its hips and searching for the glands in its lower abdomen with the tip of my thumb, squeeze all the squid ink that had gathered there till the squid ink bloated cutaneously beneath the skin like a bullfrog neck. Your father would chuckle and giggle and produce from his back pocket a vanity kit and there carefully thumbing first of all the scissors and the tweezers before selecting wisely and nobly with a knowing smile. The emery board, then taking it between his finger and thumb, take the member of the creature, and then taking the emery board swiftly at first and very aggressively, then slowing down into a gentle rhythm, much like this one, Majesty, scored by this. And your late father and I would gaze in wonder at the cross-section, like a split piece of Brighton rock, there, a tight-packed network of cells with a light layer of liquid, a gloss as it were. Within some cells were larvae, and in others mere eggs, all with the same wetness, a tight-packed, glorious cross-section. Ah, what it was, Majesty, to be young.
Well, thank you very much for that. We'll, we'll let you know about the job in the week. Do you think so? Yes. Have I, but just between you, have, have I done well? You did very well. Thank you. A, a man before you said a very similar thing, but, uh, but he wasn't as handsome. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, I look forward to hearing from you then. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, excuse me. That was the, uh, not the cultural buy, bar being rice high. This is the cultural buy being rice high. This is it. Now, what it was was, after I'd done my learning about the Vedas, what I had to do was go to uh, another thing. Sanskrit. That goes, we're doing a Sanskrit learning class over here, reading Sanskrit. It's weird, but when you like, it is like a computer game life because there's little buildings you can go in, like if you can crack the code, i.e., be at university, you're allowed in all these university buildings. I thought these won't last long, these university buildings. It's a very boring computer game. Yeah, it would be. I'll tell you, wait till you Flying get Flying my UCAS form. Here we go. <laughs> now I'm allowed in the, in the common room. <laughs> leveled up. Yeah, I mean, it's very, but these are massive buildings all around, ironically, Russell Square, because that's what I was being. <laughs> and I, I go in I go in the building and uh, there's, uh, you go in, there's all the different classes and it's all university people. Uh, and uh, like one of them is a professor and he's literally from All Saints College, Oxford. I can't remember his name, but he was translating Sanskrit, uh, verses from the Sanskrit of, of the Vedas. And this particular bit, it was the absolute vilest filth, mate. Really? It's, yeah, it's, the t- it's Tantra. And it's like it says that the yogi and the yogi's consort, they conduct these, well, pr- uh, erotic practices. He very deliberately says at the beginning, this is not figurative, it's literal. And he's passing the thing around the car- class. And loads of the others, all the others in there, they can talk Sanskrit. So they're going, oh, Emanakavara, Sakrad, Kurikma. And then they translate and go, well, it goes, that means this in English, you know, that means this. Mm. It's all smut from the world of coprophilia and stuff that if you looked at it on the internet would be like the high levels of 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 erotic materials what was what was it used for like in sort of ceremonial it, the, apparently, like Alistair Crowley was using sex as an energy and stuff right, like that. Right, it is that magic. magic. It was ritualistically saying that if there's no, like, that, towards the end, they were reading all in Sanskrit. I thought, this is too hard. I can't read Sanskrit. I mean, I've got Sanskrit tattoos on my body, but for me, they're just squiggles. Did they read them for you? And it says, happy yeah. beach ball. Yeah. Smile, something. <laughs> yeah, it's absolute codswallop. Well, every one of my tattoos says things like, get out of my tattoo shop. <laughs> 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 like, so, like, um, but like, it, like I went to the end of it just reading the English translation. There was a bit where it came to me, like because they were passing it around the class, like and they were having a go at it. Like, had a go. I would have had a try, mate, but I felt embarrassed, so I just went. Oh, I goes my. Sand- I Is it an ancient book? No, it's just a photocopy. I was going to say because you goes, should really handle that with your hands. Oh, yeah, I certainly should have made that apple strudel, should I, on, on Sunday brunch? <laughs> it, all that flour's getting under my f- oh, right under my oh, fingernails. Oh, no. Then the what, lady off the one show had a big old bite of it before going very pale in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it, like, so anyway, uh, I'm, was, like, when it got to me, I goes, oh, my Sanskrit is it's not the best. Oh, it's um, only rudimentary, I'm, I'm afraid. afraid. Oh, in this company, I would be embarrassed. If my, but I'll have a go. yabba dabba do yabba dabba do I want bam bam. <laughs> I met a girl named Sue. But no, they just stop, go, stop. okay, and then pass it to the next person. This is the guy who never does his homework. Yes. <laughs> then it was next to me, it was an Indian lad. He, oh, and he, I thought he was sweet and was doing really well in the translation, but the old uh, instructor was pretty. Uh, well, no, he was, he was really brilliant, the man who was the, in charge of it. But what they've said is, this is not figurative, this is literal. You are the mother, you are the sister, you are the, like, during these practices. And I thought, it's weird how there's a crossover between the stuff that's happening in these ancient, ancient texts, even though they were, mm. weren't written down until 500 years ago, they are thought to be thousands of years old, 
and contemporary, what we would call fetish around mm. th- yeah, those. Yeah. How is there a crossover? It, mean, it suggests to me that there's something essential about it. Well, I think the stuff that was about like using like these notions of it being a relative or whatever was is about transgression. And also there was stuff, very rudimentary coprophilia type stuff. And when it gets to the end, it goes... The reason for this is because we should, ha- beyond duality, you would make no discernment about who you would copulate with or what it's okay to eat and what it's not okay to eat. That you're trying to induce, all ritual is an attempt to induce a state. But it's the same as what you're saying with Alistair Crowley, that you can induce certain energies. I mean, in, on, in a secular sense, we recognise it, you know, if you're at a UFC fight or if you're at a football match, that the ritual of the game is eventually inducing a state in you. And that's why there are riots and... Mm. All, all those kind of things but what was on a very you know childish puerile comedic level and that's where I was into it it's like people are just reading out the most unbelievably rude stuff and then, and sometimes like sort of laughing in that because you sort of have to yeah, if you yeah. go I'm like oh, this is weird that I've ended up in this class I mean you know it's, I should be teaching weird. you in this area <laughs> so yeah that's well, all you do just go nah that's overrated nah I've done that. that yeah done that mate brilliant yeah. brilliant wouldn't do it again lost a tooth <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, it's, it's sort of fascinating that there is a continuum of human behaviours and a conti- and sort of recognisable things that seem to recur. Even on our bloody radio show, every guest we have at some point starts talking about a connection to essence, don't they? No, Do- you start talking about oh, that over them. Oh, right, over them. That's me that's doing that. All right, well, afterwards I'll be talking over our new guest, Dr. <laughs> Joe Cook, who's an anthropologist, who is, I believe, talking about essence and connection <laughs> and, ha- and to help us get our private island because I think we should just get on and build this utopia. I just hope there's good plumbing because I need some bathroom ducky poos. Here's an advert. Radio X. Russell Brand. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. What was the last track we were listening to? Because I was trying... It was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That, that's the uh, band, not the activity that can occur in a gusset if you're not too bloody careful. Now, we've been running a competition for a very long while. Finally, James O'Neill of Belfast has responded. My photographic evidence for the 50 subscribers, as requested by Russell, on the show today. Very exciting to get behind the panel in trying to spread the joy of the Russell Brown radio show. I feel I've done a public service. Included are 50 photos of people subscribing. That's James O'Neill. James, you will be behind a glass panel. That I can guarantee you. So uh, get in touch again. Thank you for doing this. You will be. I can't wait to see you behind a glass panel. He's no, going to look brilliant. He's going to be like Han Solo frozen into that carbon thing. Oh, yeah. They have to keep still in there. You've got to keep... Naked? James, you must be motionless. Is there going to be anyone allowed with James? I was thinking James Taylor, the... You know who's got you your big your uh, sack of claptrap. Yeah, right. So you're going to be there with James the Taylor. Bag. Anyone else? Um, what about Stuart's family? Do they want to come and be behind yeah. a glass? Well, his panel? son, his son's in. Uh, I can't remember. What he said. Never Thailand mind where he is now because he could be behind a glass Stuart, panel. Stuart, any of your six children are allowed to come. Behind any a glass or panel. all of them, James. So we'll see you. I'd like to see you here this time next week. Getting ready for that, or whenever you're available, because we're longing to get you behind that glass panel. Well done for getting us up that podcast chart. Now, if you can provide evidence that you've been uh, inducing people to subscribe, that could be you behind a glass panel. What are you doing right now? Look down at your own hands. What are you doing? Nothing. Washing them, hopefully. Hopefully you are, because your bacteria not be like my, my medical bacteria. 
They might be. Why don't you just have a little hand sanitizer in your hand, in your pocket? Because I know you, you'll get addicted to it. Oh, I love the smell of that. Yeah. It's nice and intense. Evil. I don't mean drinking it. No, never. Never again. Russ Matt and G says, Joni, this is a really good review. Last week we asked people to send us their best reviews because we are a well-produced show and people who say otherwise, particularly those guys upstairs at Global who keep saying it's badly produced. <laughs> well, have a listen to this item. Uh... This is a this is a, a review for a European plug adapter. Get ready for some content, guys. Thanks for sending us this, Joni, because we would never have done this on our own. Uh, this is the question that someone's asking the Amazon reviews. Does it work in Prague, this European plug adapter? Answer from AC Healy two years ago. Hello, Linda. I haven't been to Prague, so I can't help if that's where you're going on your holiday. Have a great holiday. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Nice. That's like the old people. On Amazon, who say I haven't opened like they because it's asked them a question, they think they have to respond. Yeah, but you just think, well, I don't know, I haven't opened it yet, so I won't respond. When someone yeah. goes, "How long is it in inches or something?" Mm. and then the old person goes, "I don't know, it's in the box, it's for my daughter." Oh. You just think, oh, stop helping. I actually am amazed still by technology. Every time a bit of technology works for me, like say a Deliveroo arrives, I mean, I hope their drivers have been paid enough. That's one of the things I think, and then I think. Uh, Wow. That's amazing. Some food's just come from me pressing a button. Yeah. What's that going on? Is it right? Is it right? Shouldn't I, I think be that about foraging? Uber. I mean, they've got their faults, per, apparently, but sometimes I'll press it. Two minutes later, I'm in a car going where I need to go. But what's going on? All this energy the buzzing of a about. normal ride. All these things. But I love a black cab and I love a black cab driver. I'm the friend of the black cab driver. That's old Russ. I love the black cab drivers. Here's another review. It's Russ, Matt and G. It's from Mike. This is a review of malt loaf, and it's from a, a woman calling herself... Oh, we false-fed that as kids. ...night creature. Buttered malt loaf. <laughs> it's titled Slices Adhere Together. This is a review of some malt loaf. It may have been sliced at some point, but by the time it reaches you, the slices have adhered together. It's impossible to slice them where the original cuts were because the loaf changes its shape easily with the pressing of the knife and it squashes in on itself, resulting in a misshapen lump. It's also very sticky to the extent where it sticks to the teeth, becoming difficult to remove without thorough mouth cleaning. Thorough mouth cleaning, what is the meaning? The taste is sweet, fruity, spicy and malty. The texture is chewy. Some friends like it with knobs of butter or cubes of cheddar cheese. I find it's like a very heavy, rich, dense, soft bread, which definitely requires a warm beverage in order to swallow it down. It lies heavy on the stomach and I felt very, very uncomfortable all day, so much so that I was unable to concentrate on anything else and I had my godson's Christmas. Listening. In addition, both ends are dry and hard and need to be thrown oh, I thought away. They meant of their body. And I thought they meant of the christening. A waste of money. <laughs> a waste of money. I had some money and I wasted it on an unsliceable loaf. That's, I mean, thanks for sending us how that. Can the, how can eating something ruin your whole day unless you're allergic to it or something? Yeah, that's how such could an extreme it? reaction. Unless you're a cannibal oh, and you ate someone you love. They seemed a bit down at the christening. Oh, I had some more loaf. <laughs> I could, I could eat in a cannonball. Oh, it lay there in Drop the pit. Drop the baby in the font. <laughs> this is another lovely review from someone from New Zealand. Tom. Tom, you read it, Matt. Is it in your hand? It is my hand, Go on actually. <clears throat> Here is oh, the best review I've ever read. It's for a reptile museum in the US called Cape Fear Serpentarium. Right. <clears throat> Horrible. Stop coughing. I'm clearing my throat you professionally. me. Isn't it? And then you cough and Who myself in here? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you hurt me? I don't know why I have to do that. 
If I read my son a story, he won't have it until I've cleared my throat. Don't, don't he goes, start. You've got to go <clears throat> like that. He thinks that's how, and then you say once upon a time. Uh, oh, my, those are the rules. Oh, my wow. daughter thinks that bear is sort of called no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, they do that. My daughter thinks that if she's like stuck in her chair, she goes help her because <laughs> she's heard me and my wife. Help so. her, help her. No, no. <laughs> A uh, horrible experience today. The attendant opened the door on a crocodile enclosure and the crocodile got out. Our 18-month-old grandson was trampled from the people running away from the croc. Another lady was knocked down and knees all banged up. The attendant's <laughs> excuse was that the door to the enclosure broke when he opened it. I am in disbelief that the museum, one, did not announce they were opening the croc cage <laughs> and two, that the museum stayed open after stating that the door was broken. Never again will we attend or recommend this so-called museum. What went on that day it's not in that museum? museum. Is it? Not museum of a, a live crocodile. crocodile. You let a crocodile out of a cage, you lose the right to call yourself a museum. That's a yeah. sort of Jurassic Park type experience. It's a huge error. It would have been exciting, but I don't like the idea of that lady's knees getting all banged up. It's a weird way of sort of. The way put Old that. lady's knees all banged up. Real horror show. And knees all banged up. Look at them, all banged up. It's like a sort of a Siegfried Sassoon poem. Knees all banged up, they coughed along the trench. Dugs all withered. Stuff mm. like that. You know, he's always saying stuff like that. All right, so listen. I like those, Drew. Some people have sent us ones that are meant to be funny, like someone's written them to be funny. I Don't. think the better ones, they are funny, some of those. There's some good stuff there. But the best ones are when someone unknowingly has written them. As you know from listening to this show, never try to be funny. That's what we don't try to do. Noel Gallagher lookalike spotted licking windows. How do we know it's a lookalike is my first question. A Noel Gallagher lookalike was spotted licking windows in Swindon Town Centre. North Swindon Police. How many police departments are there in Swindon? Like, How much crime's going on? that they have to set up in every direction of the compass a new department. Shared the unbelievable sighting on its Facebook page at 6.30 Sunday. Officers posted, you know it's going to be one of those shifts when you get a report of Noel Gallagher licking windows. We can confirm the real Noel Gallagher was nowhere near Swindon last night and was performing on, performing on stage with U2 in Sao Paulo in Brazil. Wiltshire Police... So he wouldn't have been licking windows. He'd been too busy licking Bono and Edgy's bums. <laughs> <laughs> we received reports of a man resembling Noel Gallagher in Swindon at 5.30 yesterday who appeared to be under the influence of alcohol and was licking windows. Well, there you go. So um, perhaps we should ring him and ask him. What, licking windows from the outside? Why is it? What, is it, I don't know, what do you mean by that? Just mate? going Why is along that a street, licking, licking windows from the outside. I don't think there's anything wrong with licking a window. No, there's not. But imagine you went, Ross you're walking problem. down the street, and there's a kind old lady in her house, looking out, just staring dead ahead. Yes, yes. And then she started to clean the window by licking it like a cat. Oh. No, not sexy. Oh, sorry. Scary. I mean, no. Yeah. Oh, you'd be going in there. <laughs> Hello, love. Need your windows clean too, yeah? Hello, I'm Mr. Muscle. I love the jobs you hate. How do you know what jobs I hate? Nah! Okay, so... It's, it wasn't Noel. What? It was... Even he put something on Instagram saying Did it he? wasn't him, yeah. I reckon it was him. Let's get in touch. We'll find him. We'll track him down. We'll accuse him. 
That's what we'll do. Yeah. All right. Now, we're going to, as you know, we're building a super, uh, we're taking over a utopia and we're going to build it on the basis of connection, universal love and utopian principles. To help us do that, we've got an anthropologist called Dr. Joe Cook. She is going to be behind a glass panel. <laughs> no, she's not. She's going to be on a phone. So, but she could be behind a glass panel. Depends how you see the world. I mean, I'm in a way behind a glass panel. Just depends what you consider it to be behind. Behind is a subjective position. All right. So, uh, here comes an advert and uh, if you like these products, do please just think about that. This is Radio X. Russell Brand. Tiger in the jungle, got a belly ache, wants to go a toilet. <laughs> Too late. I went to hot yoga in Leeds and uh, got it hot. Yeah. Yep. So, board games. Oh, they're a lot of fun to escape into another dimension with. Paradise. Let's create an island paradise. Do you like? So we got this email from mm. someone saying that they've got because we were talking about virtual reality. Yep. Thank you, James Taylor. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But he's got like a, a place you go yeah. and then you put on like it's a proper big virtual reality system. You go in there and you can hang around on an island, right? In a virtual reality. I put it to you, sir. Try that first. See if Our we like island it. could just be a load of people with a bucket attached to them, all in a sort of place with headsets on. Living in a utopia, but in reality, greying, lifeless little bodies withering Actually, away in a garage. I like that. We're, we're, in a, we're withering, our, the fruits of our lives just withering on the vine. But our little utopia is purely virtual. Good. Matt, that's very aggressive. Why would you automatically flip the birdie-o? Um, so I just took a photo there, that's what that was. Now, if we're ever going to build this utopia, and we bloody well are we've got to get Joe on the phone. Now, why do I keep losing her notes? Oh, wow. I've lost them again. Matt, you must have a copy of the notes. Why don't you pass them over here? I'm a very good broadcaster. All right, I've got these notes, got my own. Now, finally, on the line is a proper doctor, Matt. Not the scum that you lurk around with in your life, down an alleyway, picking up a knapsack full of claptrap on your own with your mate James Taylor. Oh, mate, got any offcuts? Got anything that's not good enough for the loft no more? No. Dr. Joe Cook, an anthropologist, a proper person, a coordinator of a laboratory, all right? Okay. so Well, don't take any risks. What do you mean? Toilet-wise. Oh, no, no, I'll keep a firm grip on the back passage, I tell you that, mate. I'm clamped up on my abdomen. I've never felt... I'm stiff as a little tin soldier. Right, let's get... Here we go. Now time for an interview by me, Russell Brand, starring Dr Joe Cook. Are you there, Joe? Hello. Hello, Russell. Thank you so much. I'm a proper person. You're a proper person and a doctor, not scumbag down an alley. Not a scumbag down an alley. At the moment. Although, yeah, that's true, because it could be yeah. yet. Who knows what the future holds, Dr. Joe Cook? Maybe these what? theories of yours will get you in trouble and you'll end up down an alley. Tell me about this utopia. What are you doing? What we What's the idea? Right, the driving idea is this. We're living in a society built on bureaucratic fictions, detached mm. notions and ideas. People have lost their connection to their inner self, to nature, both their own essential nature and a kind of universal nature, that we live in worlds that are governed by commerce and economics in the service of transnational corporations and certain economic elites. And it's not their fault, but we would like to set up a new form of tribalism where people live fully autonomous lives where they uh, are connected. So we thought, can you help us to do that it's, I'm afraid it's the last link of the show, so you've only got about five minutes. Is that enough time? <laughs> well, um, I don't know is the answer. I'm not sure about utopias. Aren't we 
supposed to not reach utopias because they turn awful and somebody ends up saying that they're in charge. Oh, no, like, that wouldn't happen. Not at ours, for that be. Joe, 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 when did you become so cynical in that, eth- in that lab for ethnography in the UK that you're in? You're right, Joe. Of course, any utopia could be beholden to a charismatic Christ-like figure, megalomaniac. That is, that is true. That is true. But how would, how would we avoid that in our utopia, which mustn't fall prey to such... No, such terrible, terrible megalomania. That's what we've got to avoid. How are we going to do yeah. it, Joe Cook? I, I don't know. One of the questions I guess I would have, if you were going to insist on uh, creating, you know, Huxley's Island, would be where is the joy? How? I think that joy is a very important uh, mm. form mm. of human interaction and is a way that people are brought together Joy. and uh, move away from all the bureaucracy yes. and individualism that you're speaking about. It seems as if that's an important part of human endeavour that you could you could explore. You couldn't really impose it on people, but you could think about ways of structuring society or forms of ritual Dr. Joe Cook. Uh, brought them in. Dr. Joe? Can I call oh. you Dr. Joe? Or Dr. Joe you Cook? call me Joe. Dr. Joe Cook, or just Joe. Dr. Joe, please. Yeah. Come Dr. On. Joe. <laughs> Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe Cook. Uh, what my worry is this, is that we've exchanged joy for pleasure. Joy being some sort mm. of Aristotelian sense of co- interconnection, like a mm-hmm. true wonder. Uh, and yeah. I, it's, it's, I feel like that people have rather forgotten that because it's sort of it's a it lies beyond the bounds of rationale when i think about like my own life what i actually think about i'm not when i'm on my own actually thinking about donald trump or brexit or islamophobia while i accept all these things are important issues i'm thinking about myself and how my hair looks now i'm thinking about like you know i'm thinking about emotional i'm thinking about my emotional connection to the world around me like how i whether or not i feel alienated whether i feel like i have authentic relationships where love is and indeed where joy is so yeah. in a way isn't it accepting the limitations of bureaucracy administration and and managerialism and allowing somehow human essence to participate in life which is something that i think even in marxist theory was important isn't it like one of the things that i've always mm. clinged to is like and the only thing cause it's only a bit of red is that you only wanted us to work four hours a day and like, the rest of the time we were meant to be kicking our heels back having a fish giggling and being all full of joy maybe but it's your utopia so you know what you say goes obviously no don't <laughs> feed that monster yeah that monster's had more than enough we, I do want. I think I am happier when I'm in situation. Like I do love being an egomaniac occasionally, but I don't think it's that ultimately that fulfilling. I think community and connection actually works. One that we started off this show by dedicating it to Stuart, who Matt's been in touch with. He's a long-time listener of the show, who uh, sadly is in his last weeks here on this planet in this form and he loves this show precisely because of the joy and madness and one of the things that's the better one of the things we most enjoy about this radio show is that there is a sense of community and embracing our vulnerability madness weakness and flaws so but mm. regardless you're right if you that's are that's great actually because oh. if you think about that in terms of you know one of the problems that i think about utopias quite often is that they have they're informed by some idea about perfection some idea of either human perfectibility or societal, the potential for society to be completely free from trouble. And, of course, that's, that's not happened so far. I mean, I'm not saying you can't achieve it, Absolutely, Russell. Absolutely, of course. If but gonna... you never know. And um, 
the idea of vulnerability or imperfection or um, a little bit of chaos might actually be quite healthy for us. A lot of uh, post-Jungian writers and analysts <laughs> say it's our inability to embrace the shadow. Don't snigger at that, Joe Cook. Sorry. Joe Cook, you're I just in... wondered if you'd read one of those as well. Listen, you. He's read the back of many books. <laughs> I've read the back and the first bit. I believe it's called the comments of many books. <laughs> Joe, could there ever be um, the like virtual reality? Could it ever be useful in terms of giving people like what's missing from their lives in the modern world? Could we sort of have a little like you go online, not like in a place, not in a game. You go online, you hang out with a community. I don't know, catching un, you know, like fake fish in a river or something, and we yeah. can feed our primal needs and then turn it off and go and work in a bank. Yeah. That's well, it's a nice idea. There's some really nice research being done about the use of virtual reality for people with dementia, and uh, so in terms of like helping people there's quite a lot of stuff going on there like whether or not we can live in a virtual world and then let our bodies kind of atrophy like on the matrix i think might be a stretch oh come on let's let the old bodies atrophy let's wither away in a network of cells semi-filled with fluid Could be done, might be the answer. Do you not think, Joe, as a person that's been uh, studying anthropology, that it's very difficult for uh, human beings to succeed in confederacy? Like Once we we are dealing with large populations, isn't it so antithetical to our natures that it's inherently problematic? No. Yes, it is. Why isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Would be my my informed opinion, but... um, but uh, other people may have different ones. Well, of course, people have got different opinions on what's the best yeah. yogurt. But what I want to know, <laughs> and it's coconut, uh, what I want to know is... Uh, like it's strawberry. But, that isn't, I, I'm, Joe, we're not going to quarrel about get this. Get a room, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a lab. Um, Joe Cook, Dr Joe yeah. Cook, but what yeah. I feel is that uh, what I've said for four, that clever question, not the yogurt bit, was actually yeah. right because people have such diverse needs. People identify with so many abstract notions that h- how are we going to... Don't nasally breathe <laughs> down your phone, Joe. That was a tornado. Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't realise you could hear that. You snouted sorry, right sorry. down the phone. I'm asking you a serious question. <laughs> Joe, you what you need to say is... Piece. That's a really good question, Russell, Matt, to anything Matt, he says. <laughs> and then that is a massive turning point in any interview. Yeah, you'll have a future. <laughs> Until someone says, that's a really good question. I've never thought about that in my years of study. <laughs> so you say that, you, it will just be a lot easier. In fact, he can't wait to get you off the phone at that point and you can go back to your actual work. Well, that is a really good question. It was good. Matt. It really hung together well as a question. <laughs> That's all he's looking um, for. In my years of study, <laughs> I have never thought of that. So... Thank you for Why are you that. so laconic? What kind of <laughs> professor are you? You sound like you're on a chaise lounge. <laughs> smoking a cigarette in a holder. You snouted down the mouthpiece. A great gust of snout breath. What's going on at that anthropology department at UCL? Yeah, we're, we're pretty happy. We're it's like you're off your heads right. on Soma in that on Brave Soma. New World drug. Yeah. 
That's the Brave yeah. New World drug. Good that reference. Say, say that's a that really good a reference, Russell. Reference. Yes! <laughs> anyway, I think that, look, how then would there be a, confed- a cooperative confederacy with so many diverse needs and requirements, with so many tangential and opposing ideologies? How can we have that? Isn't it better for us to break society down, to get rid of the nation state once and for all, to break down transnational corporations and make trade tribal? You know what I mean. Break everything down into little units, 75 people, like monkeys! That is a great point, Russell. No, but what's the problem with that? Why do we have to have... What, what, why do we have to... Like, globalism is Britain, like having this right-wing reaction. And isn't it because people yeah. feel sort of detached to, to a degree? Why is that a necessity? Why is that an economic necessity to have these monoliths across the globe so, that are oppressive to ordinary people? I don't know. I mean, in, in my reading of the current situation, like, actually, some of the problem is that people are breaking into smaller and smaller silos rather than being identified with people around them who are different to them. I mean, like, there's this really cool uh, political scientist called Chantal Mouffe, and she had this idea that democracy needs to be agonistic, like there needs to be this ongoing tussle of people who think different things, and it's the tussle that is the motor of political process. And part of the problem of a lot of... Um, recent political uh, dispute is that agonism has given way to antagonism. So people are, um, rather than engaged in debate or discussion, they're thinking of themselves as separate and different to other people. Mm. So you get this polarization of kind of these very polemic positions of, um, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans have never been so oppositional as they are now Mm. so one possibility is that actually the answer isn't breaking things down into smaller and smaller units where everybody looks the same but actually in encouraging forms of dialogue across like different positions of identity i like that thing that you said that woman Chantel Mouffe, was it? Yeah. What is that yeah. French person? Good name, eh? Mm. <laughs> I'd say so, Chantel Mouffe. You should come on our podcast, Under the Skin, where I can trouble you for an hour with all sorts of baffling questions. And I'm actually less childish in that context. Aren't I? Aren't I? <laughs> yes, he Matt, is. Matt, I'm really serious in that, aren't I, sometimes? He's very serious. Well, that would be lovely. Thanks for inviting me. That would be great. But in the meantime, really good luck with your... Um... Segway. <laughs> would be wonderful. That's very nice. Why don't you go and get yourself an ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> a yoghurt. <laughs> oh, Dr. Joe yeah. Cook, you've been amazing. Thank you very much for giving us some opposing views on some of the uh, like anarcho-syndicalism and whether or not there could be a, a sort of a pan-utopia, a global utopia. I disagree with it, yeah. but I feel like we can't get too much into that argument because look how quickly I speak and how sort of slowly and laconically... Joe speaks. Mm. Sort of Good double act. Tortoise and the hare of anthropology. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, let's go. Well, I don't know that that's going to work, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> then a great that gasp was a, of and sort of sigh breath. through the nose of like, this is going to go on for ages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. Now look how she laughed because it was true. She was laughing out of politeness <laughs> and embarrassment wasn't. at snout guffing at one of Britain's greatest minds and a man who's frequently named in surveys. Now, Joe, thank you very much for thank you very much for coming on our radio show. Please, we're going to be in touch with you about coming on Under the Skin, our uh, proper podcast where we talk about things intelligently rather than this giddy euphoria that we oh. induced for the amusement of the mentally ill and sometimes physically ill because we love them all so very, very dearly right in the core of their silly little hearts. Yeah. 
Yeah. What was yeah. that murmur? What are you doing? Sort now of wistful. I'm yeah, I don't want to do that. Murmuring. You're too I'm wistful. Murmuring. Because um, because I wish you the very best with it, and uh, <laughs> and it's really fun. Oh, you're lovely. All right, thanks, uh, Dr. Joe Cook. We'll thank speak you, Dr. To you soon. Joe. Thanks, Dr. Thanks, Joe. Matt. Thanks, Russell. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Ah, gutted. You got blown out. <laughs> she didn't want to go on under the skin. She'll be on under the skin. She'd rather sail on the Titanic. <laughs> she was like, she was like, oh, I wish you all the best Yeah, but everything she said sounded like that. Ah. Do you think so? I thought, look, I think like that was... You had, You really showed she, me up in that interview. I what about that? But you bloody did. You really showed me up. What about the bit when you went, oh, just say that he's... That's a really clever question. Now, I want to ask that question. It was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant question. Look, this is what an interview is. You no. ask a question to elicit an answer, then you listen to the answer. You ask a question to elicit a response. If that was a good question, <laughs> then you go, oh, brilliant, I've got another good question. There's no answer. <laughs> go on then, do an interview And anyway, they're not good questions. They're overly verbose. <laughs> I have to close my eyes to try and follow the thread <laughs> yeah, of yeah. speech. I have to go, yeah. right, hang on. You could just say... That's because you're a simpleton. A simpleton. I'm not. And that's why on the island you'll be in traitor's car. Strung up, and the gulls will defecate on you, and I'll be there with them. <laughs> if I keep wearing these trousers, <laughs> right? Now listen, we've got a poet laureate in here who's been crying his eyes out because of the way you've treated him. <laughs> Mr. J- Follow what you're saying. Listen, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you guys. It's happening again. I'm one of the greats. Time now, though, to have this madness summarised by a great, great poet. Why? It's Mr. G, the poet of the show, summarising. Okay, this poem is called "When the Extraterrestrials Arrive." When the extraterrestrials arrive, they'll surmise insects were essential to our lives. Whether it's spiders from Mars, Wu-Tang killer bees, consider the ways of the ant and be wise. So who indeed rolls the dice on the games we choose to play? Now the moths are no longer to have a say to naturally deconstruct the uniforms of our day. For within this deathless state, we locate three fires in our woods, ones that need to be extinguished for our antagonistic tussle to be understood. So when the extraterrestrials do arrive, they'll hear a Stuart and what he knew, and how we all embraced his inner wisdom, found utopia, then followed through. Yes! That's my favourite one ever! It's dedicated to Stuart! Dedicated to Stuart! Stuart and his family! And... Wallowed through. Listen, I heard. I listen, I'm in the studio. What do you think? I don't listen. You think I'm not analysing the stuff? I do analysis when I'm at school. I'm analysing Sanskrit, mate. English. That's it's like a, it's easy to do that now. All right. Well, thank you all of us for uh, listening. Thanks for all of me. Thank you no, all right. of us. Thank you, I. I thank I. <laughs> thank you, I hole. Me, what I live in. I like who. I like who me. Thanks very much for uh, you know. Hmm. And Stuart, we love you and love your you. family. We love all of you guys. Stay with us, you mad piratical crew. You lunatics. You dingalings. You shaman. You wanderers. Ah, how we adore ye. There's going to be some adverts now, and on the other side of those adverts, there will be Gordon Smart, ally to the stars, Wonder Man. Ah, Scotland's finest. There he goes. Kiss me, you fool. And after that, Jermaine Defoe, probably. <laughs> With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <sighs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claim. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand Radio. 
Did you enjoy it? Good show. Good, actually, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, um, I liked when you were revving up Majesty. That's that's always amusing to me. When I rev it up. I don't like it when you rev it up when someone, I think they know. might think, yeah, if they don't know about it and they just think you're taking a piss out of it. I know. But it's like Why a car revving up. It's like a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> he has to get Sorry. it out. If, I like it when it's happening. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's nice, Some it? people don't like it. They think it's too Mad. graphic. Yeah, well, they're cowards, aren't they? They're gutless cowards. They need to be brought down a peg or two. What's this... Oh, there's that song of yours. Ridiculous. Move it along a bit. What is this? What is that? It's about, yeah, it's one of them songs. About oh, years right, from, yeah. from ages ago. I just leave it there in the background. It gives me something to think about. Um, you were a bit in love with old Dr. Joe Cook, didn't you? Well, I thought she was good. I Ooh. think it was the way she was ignoring me and arguing with me. Only intellectually in love, of course, as she, a very happily married man. He was very like a sort of... married to my wife, Laura. Verbal sword fight. In that yeah, she kept parrying was, your advances. There was something about how patronising she was that was affecting me. Yeah. It wasn't like deliberately patronising, was it? It was its actual superiority. What was it? I don't know. I'm a very it's, simple it's, it's, it's almost like it's almost pity. It's almost like she just goes, I could answer this, but I'll just let him entertain his own little world. That well, if she does thing. come on under the skin, I'm going to really brush up my Shakespeare. Yeah, go for it. I'm really going to be <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to really make sure that, I've, that I'm on my A game. Mm. Uh, the questions, Matt, they're going to be so long, so meandering, <laughs> so complex and difficult to follow. Well, but... actually, I think she slightly misunderstood. When you were saying breakdown in the smaller communities, she was saying she took it that you meant that all look the same. Because she said yeah, that. She was true. like, well, what if we split into communities where we all look the same? You know, so she thought you were right, little racist. I don't mean little racially pure communities where it's just you've got to be like proper Chinese or something. No, no, no. Just everyone's all jabble dabble inside out, all in a terrible muddle. No, you know. I don't it know. doesn't make sense. But what um, technology gives you is people of a like mind can mm. come together where they wouldn't have been able to normally. Hive mind. Good yeah. for the perverts and good for the weirdos. And good for. Ideas everyone in a spread. way <laughs> good for good. everyone it's good but it's dangerous because ideas could, well, they would have normally spread from community to community and someone would have written a book and then some people now it could just write you know stick it on the internet it's how furries get together <laughs> good on them I mean they're not hurting anyone are they these furries dressing anybody. up yeah. as care bears cuddling each other mm. it's probably good fun it's probably, it's got an innocent sexuality, I think, furry. It must be a bit where it goes unusual, because it don't matter if you're dressed up like a Care Bear in that final moment. I've seen them when they've got <laughs> dildos attached to rabbit costumes and stuff. Do, the, do they make sure that the dildo is consistent with the costume? No. Oh, well, I don't like that at all. That's disgusting. I don't think you can There's buy a rabbit furry mask behind you. <laughs> furry mask behind you. There's a furry mask over there, yeah. That's probably. Oh, look at us! This every one of these episodes is like bloody the end of uh, that film, Usual Suspects. The whole show's just built up stuff around the balls. Albert Einstein's humble advice on happiness sells for one point eight million quid. One point one eight. Scribbled briefly on a piece of paper, this advice from Albert Einstein has just sold at auction for one point one eight million. I hate saying that number; it's too long. The renowned physicist. Million. If it comes to it again, you say it. The renowned physicist had no money to tip a bellboy. Tip a bell boy, tip a bell boy. Bell boy. That does sound like a lovely little song. So he wrote the note, I got a tip a bell boy, but I got no money, but I got a word of advice for you, honey, and I'm Einstein. What's tight So you might want to take this seriously. Yeah. I ain't got no money to tip a bell boy, but let me tell you, I know things well, boy, like physics and stuff, because I'm Albert say, Einstein. He goes, a calm and humble, a calm and humble life will bring more happiness. Than the pursuit of 
the, he goes, a calm and humble life. The calm and, a calm and humble life will bring more happiness than the pursuit of success and the constant restlessness that comes with it. What a load of bullshit. Firstly, right. Where's my tip? Yeah, Einstein. firstly, where's the money? Yeah. Oh, I have no money, but I have some information for you. It's a fatic pleasantry. Yeah, so that's useless to the bellboy. Like saying, right? stay calm and humble without my tip. Yeah, but mm. that's not how he lived his life. The pursuit of success, right? He was a pursuer of success. Yeah, he was he trying to... the greatest minds of history. He, he was trying just... to get that bellboy out of the game. He was, Yeah, calm and humble life. That's not what Einstein led. He had his tongue out in one photo. I saw him. He had his hair all frizzy. You're a bloody <laughs> show-off, mate. I'd see him once. He was saying that time and space aren't real and they're interrelating in ways that we can't possibly understand because of the subjectivity of the conditions of our planet. And he's telling the poor bellboy, you just sit perfectly still in that elevator and carry my bag, mate. It was a, gr- a bloke. I don't think his name is Bohm. B-O-H-M. Bohm. Yeah, yeah. Bone, Max Bone, Bone. You don't know about this. I know about Have Bone. I told you this before? I'm getting Look, so old. Do you old. think you're my only source of knowledge in this world? Do you think having this radio Probably. show, I sit in an airing cupboard, touching the towels, that's the only warmth I get in well, life? Well, you said that. No Must reason. Done it. I've never done it. I've never been in the airing cupboard. Anyway, this bloke, Max Bone. no room on the second show. Yeah, I don't even think that's his name. A bloke. Max right? Bone. B-L-H-M. He was Bone. with... He worked with Einstein. But no, he thought, I'm going to come up with something that will change the world. I'm going to have a theory that will change the world. It's going to be me. It's going to be me. Yeah. And then in the end, the only thing he discovered was Einstein, who did all those things. Oh, how annoying. Boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. There's there's Boom's limits. (laughs) (laughs) Poor old Boom. I don't even know if it was Boom, so don't Google it, everyone. God, what low-quality broadcasting. It's <laughs> a big whole thing about Boehm, and then you finish... I going, never... Ah, no, I said I think his name might have been Boehm. You went, yeah, Max Boehm, yeah, I know him, yeah. Yeah, you used to sell cars, yeah. Boehm, 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 Boehm. Yeah, I know. All right. If you say these five things, you might be a psychopath. We often think of psychopaths as cold killers or geniuses removed from society, seemingly above us mere mortals. But as they make up 1% of the population, chances are you may have crossed paths with one, dot, 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 or are one yourself. Through Though there is a behavioural checklist of psychopath traits, so we all know that from John Ronson's book, it is often tricky to gauge characteristics to spot a psychopath, such as lack of long-term realistic goals, how dare you, in everyday conversation. Instead, you can look out for these phrases shared by Jackson McKenna. All right, here are the phrases. Are, I've read these. And the, Nutty phrases. It. All right, phrase number one. You, I don't believe it. Is that one of the phrases? <laughs> mm, Victor Meldrew, it says. Nutter. You overanalyze everything. Mate, right, do you, Matt, do you say that? You do say that to me. I do, actually. Yeah. Right. I hate drama. Has that, mm, do you say that to me? I don't like drama, I don't though. S- Who likes drama? I actually say it to my wife when she's watching how Real Housewives and things like that, and I just think oh, I it's just awful rich people arguing. Yeah. Don't want to watch it. No, I don't want to watch that. I hate drama. <laughs> you misunderstood me. Again, this is all about context. If a boss corrects you for misinterpreting their instructions at work, you probably shouldn't accuse them of psychopathy. Or don't accuse anyone of it, really. But psychopaths deliberately provoke you and then accuse you of getting the wrong end of the stick. You've got the wrong end of the stick there, mate. When I put my hand into your pocket, that was to give you a frappney bit. Look at you, you've overreacted. Sit back down on your sunbed, sir. This is called gaslighting, blatantly doing or saying something and then blaming the other party for misinterpreting it. Ooh, maybe that's, that's awful. Gaslighting. That's what you used to do with your dog. I come upstairs, come on. Yeah, yeah. And then when he got upstairs, kick him down. Ooh, you're not allowed upstairs. And then kick him down. But, but listen, the important detail is that dog was a girl, not a boy. Topsy the dog. 
Okay. And it was wrong. <laughs> You're so sensitive. Psychopaths will push you to breaking point and then call you sensitive for breaking. Psychopaths manufacture emotions in others. It's what they do. Oh, they sound all right. If you're cr- you're crazy, bipolar, jealous, bitter, in love with me, psychopaths have a tendency to brand, I don't like the use of that verb, everyone is a crazy person who has a huge crush on them. You've done that. Have I? Past, yeah. Have I? I remember with yeah. a man once. And you're said, in love with me, you fool. <laughs> I said to him, oh, I think he's upset because of, uh, like, there was some When you pushed about him in show. that fish pond or yeah, no, sacked him. Or... No, it wasn't that. It wasn't, you haven't done anything that bad. But uh, he was upset and he, I don't know, something. And he went, well, you know why, don't you? I said, why? Because he's hopelessly in love with me. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen the way he looks at me. I've seen the way he eyes my tight waist high trouser. He's a mess around me, a quivering wreck. Yes, because you keep shouting at him. No, you fool, you don't know the signs. You check his front pocket when he comes near me. <laughs> stiff as a banister. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rich, she's giddy with her. Who was it? Well, I don't want to say. Use a code of some kind. Uh, <laughs> his name was Teddy Ruxpin. I know Teddy, good old Teddy. You poor old thing, you're in love with me. You're full of love and your lower jaw moves. A Teddy Ruxpin for you and me. Teddy Ruxpin, spin, spinny spin. Teddy Ruxpin, spin, spinny ruck, rucky Ruxpin, Ruxpin. How could they not have been in love with you with these rhymes? I sang that to him every morning. He leapt out of our camping bed. Full of the joys of spring. He didn't have a single toe on his feet. They were all filed down, just nubbing, squirming there. See, the thing about the Daily Mail is they're playing hard to get. Hopelessly enough. Silly Lord Rothmere. He can't wait to get his <laughs> fingers round my hips. Can he? <laughs> Dirty song. Mm. Well, I reckon we've done well there. Do you? Yes, I think that's one more podcast. <laughs> Here's one of those stories that's to encourage you to be a bit racist. Ladybirds with sexually transmitted diseases invading Britain. A swarm of ladybirds are invading Britain this autumn and they're carrying STDs. <laughs> oh, I love the sound of these guys. Harlequin ladybirds are traditionally found in Eastern Asia and North America. Traditionally found. But they enjoy the weather in the UK and our free public services. These ladybirds aren't the red and black ladybirds that we commonly see on these shores. Oh, no. They're typically darker. And sometimes have an orange or yellow appearance. Their infection is a type of fungus known as labulbenialis. <laughs> labulbenialis. Hey, Macarena! <laughs> Which can be transferred through sexual intercourse between the insects. Well, I don't care what they do with each other. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, stay me. Do you know what I mean? I don't mind if they give each other labulbenialis. Labulbenialis, it's a hell of a disease. Labulbenialis, oh, give not... my wings a squeeze. They can also contract it by huddling too closely together. So oh. even once, oh, no, no, it's okay, I just want to cuddle. i better be careful. Imagine because... you could get AIDS by cuddling. Wow. <laughs> I might not, listen, I don't want to take any risks, but it is cold on the windowsill. Why don't we just huddle a little closer? Dun, 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 dun. La Bula Banalis, it's a hell of a disease. I've seen these hey, ladybirds Margarita. anyway. I've seen weird coloured ladybirds. I see them all the time. They've really upped their game. I mean, last autumn, they were everywhere. They were slithering all over my house and legs. The symptoms of the disease include long, yellow, growths appearing on the body of the insect. The effects towards their lives. Well, I mean, 
I don't. The STD can't be passed on to humans unless you have sex with ladybirds, in which case the STD you've contracted is the least of your problems. How would you have sex with a ladybird? Put You'd it... need a gang of them, obviously. Pop it down your japsai. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. How can you rightly call that sex? Because that's not sex as we know it, is it? Yeah, but if it was into it and it, like, you had some fight. <laughs> Yeah, he go could on. Walk up and down Let's inside. hear him out. He's he brilliant. could walk up and down inside your penis. I don't think that'd be very nice for either of us. Some, I've seen things like that on the internet. What, a battery? Wasps, batteries. A wasp? A wasp, yeah. What, you like, silly ass! <laughs> Who puts a wasp? Go on, one person did what? Well, there's a number of wasps going in and out. <laughs> well, someone's holding up a sign saying wrap up, <laughs> and I don't know whether they mean wear a prophylactic or finish this absolute madness. Either way, I think we should obey them, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you want to come and stand behind a glass panel, you know exactly what to do. You know how much we love you, and uh, whatever state you're in, we're sending you all sorts of love now. If you want to give Matt a sack of claptrap, he'll always be willing to accept it. A half-eaten cake, a st- stinking old <laughs> one shoe. Well, it's recycling, mate. Fair enough, mate. If it makes you happy, if it makes you happy. It makes people happy. They contact me and they say, do you want some old toot? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want a few wasps? I'm not, I'm not making this uh, habit. It was just the you are making virtual reality happen. thing. You've been trained, you said. And the camping said. stuff. You said you've had your skinny little weak midriff trained by shuddering oh, and Oh, yeah, juddering. and the training of my body. Right. And I want to be trained. And I want. I reckon I should be with the top BJJ people on planet Earth. Do you want this them. This guy will train you. He's He would like to. Where? In the garden? I think he could travel, but... Where does he live? Where do well, you I go, go and see him in Allgate. You're off to Allgate? When are you doing all this? In the week. <laughs> in the week? What a twit. What's it like? It's good. And what, he, you mean? A room? A gym? Did he meet uh, you at a gym? Is it his a, gym? Um, Is it a general gym? What do you call it? A uh, CrossFit gym. But... Mm, time to wrap this up. Look, people don't want to hear your rubbish. People want to wrap up the show. I Thank challenge you, you to be trained by him. You'll be a quivering little jelly girl. Good. I'd like to be a quivering jelly girl. It sounds like rather good for fun. Goodbye and thank you. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Brand. Radio. Radio.